What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 137, and we are finally, finally talking Final Fantasy VIII. It was the winner of January's Patreon poll, and it is bar none, absolutely, without question, the most divisive game that we have ever had on this show. People hate this game. People love this game. It's fascinating. It's like the the line in the stand is drawn, and I I can't think of many games we've covered on here where so many people feel so strongly one way or the other. There's very few fence sitters when it comes to Final Fantasy VIII. Either you like it or you hate it. Now, I played it for the first time over the last four or five weeks. Uh, I have a lot to say about it. People have been asking me, how you liking it? How's it going? Are you liking Final Fantasy VIII? Doesn't have Final Fantasy VIII suck? And I've been telling all of you, you got to wait for the podcast, and the day is here. Uh, my pal Andre returns to the show this week as my guest. He is a staunch defender of Final Fantasy VIII and has been for some time. And we had a nice chat about this game, and a nice long chat and I would I'm going to stress that as a, as a heads up we went for an hour and a half about Final Fantasy 8. So that is without the intro and everything. There's an hour and a half of Final Fantasy 8 talk. So get comfy. This is a big one. This is a big one. And speaking of getting comfy cuz this is a big one. It is time for once again another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And as always, particularly with this episode being a jumbo edition of the show, uh, there are timestamps in the description box. So if you want to just skip around to something, uh, if you want to get to the end of it, if you want to get to the game chat, if you want to play one, remake one, erase one, whatever. If you want to skip to something or jump around, jump up, jump up, and get down, you can do that. Uh, Bonus points to everyone that gets that reference. And super bonus points to anyone that gets that song stuck in their head for the rest of the day because of that. But yeah, look in the timestamp, look in the description box. I'll tell you when to skip to. I don't want to hear any complaining about the intro. Uh, quick reminder, and I have to start doing this at least for the next couple of weeks, that you can find my stand-up comedy on all music services now. I do believe it'll show up if you search for Adam Blank, um, but the the album is actually called Stand Up Alberta. You can look for it there. I have three tracks on there. They're all PG, squeaky clean, no swearing or anything. Uh, if you can throw me a download, that'd be awesome. I think I get one one-hundredth of a cent per download, so... Let's add them up and see if I can buy myself a five cent candy or something. Uh, so you can help me. You can support me that way. Or if you really want to water this weed of ours, uh, support us on Patreon. Support the Remember the Game over on the old Patreon service. It'll cost you two bucks a month, which is a cup of coffee. It, I mean, you know, normal coffee, not that fancy Starbucks coffee. That stuff's <laughs> that stuff's loaded with nutrients. I I can't compete with that stuff. Um, but yeah, two bucks, two bucks. I'll read your comments on the show. You can join on our Discord service. You can DM with me. Tell me I suck, whatever you want. I'll give you a shout out on here. And of course, you get extra podcasts. You'll get early access to my gaming news show, Game Patch. Instead of waiting until Monday, you'll have it every Friday morning waiting for you locked and loaded. And you'll get exclusive access to Expansion Pass. And you'll get instant access to every previous episode as well. There are over 60 bonus podcasts waiting for you. You can download them right onto your phone or listen to them in the Patreon app, whatever you want. There's game reviews, game rankings, console retrospectives, game discussions. It is simply the best show in our rotation. I really believe that. Uh, Last week, we talked about controllers. I went through every controller that I've owned from the NES right up to today. I shared a bunch of your thoughts as well. We praised some. We shit on some. The best of the best. The worst of the worst. The middles of the middles. It was really, really fun. So as is becoming tradition, uh, here is a sneak peek of this past Sunday's episode. The most recent episode of Remember the Game Expansion Past. 
Nathan wrote into us and said, my most favorite, hands down, is the original PlayStation DualShock controller. That was my next jump up in gaming after my SNES and my first delve into having analog sticks. And having the dual analogs in the right space on the controller was perfect, and there also wasn't an excessive amount of buttons looking at you, Nintendo 64 C buttons. Uh, yeah, we'll get there in a second. But, but I think Satan and Nathan make a great point here. For a lot of us, this was our introduction to the dual analog setup that we all know now with the two matching analog joysticks. And I Googled it to make sure I wasn't crazy. Uh, the Nintendo 64 controller came out in 1996. The dual analog PlayStation controller controller came out in 1997. So I know personally I had used the Nintendo 64 controller for a while before I got my hands on the dual analog. And we're going to get into the Nintendo 64 controller in a minute, but that single analog stick on a twig that came with the 64 controller is absolutely no competition or comparison for the dual analog original PlayStation controllers. Not even close. And I think Sony deserves a lot of credit for this. Not only is the PlayStation 1 controller comfortable to hold, easy to use, but they kind of paved the path here, man. Like this is a big deal with the tool with the dual analogs cuz that's just so standard now. I spent over 5 hours writing my notes and doing my homework for that show to make sure I got every controller covered, all the details and everything. I really tried. So I hope everybody liked that. Uh, for this Sunday, our $5 tier patrons will be picking the topic. At $2, you get access to the shows. At 5 bucks, you actually help pick some of the topics. Uh, I don't know what the topic will be yet. The poll is running right now. But some of the suggestions over there are the must-own game for every retro console, your four-character RPG dream team. Uh, if you can only play five games for the rest of your life, what would they be? What are your proudest gaming achievements? Whole bunch of fun topics. One of those is going to win. That will be the topic this Sunday. I just don't know what one's going to win the poll yet. So again, two bucks, tons of value. You help keep me on the air. We're up to 192 Patreons. We are so close to that magic number 200. And remember that our first 200 Patreons will get Remember the Game lanyards courtesy of yours truly. Uh, and for the record, if you sign up today and then we hit 200 on like May 8th and you let your Patreon lapse between now and May 8th, then you're not part of that too i just want to clarify that like it's when we hit 200 active patrons in those 200 just for the record uh but you'll get a remember the game lanyard courtesy of yours truly and a nice little thank you note so a huge thank you to our newest patreon supporters repto Bo <laughs> retro booze mall andy hudson john Byrne 86 and paul bullard thank you all so so much and welcome to remember the game industries patreon.com slash remember the game uh, and don't forget, I have a P.O. box. The address is, I'm not even going to say it because no one's going to remember it, but the address is on my website, which is rememberthegamepodcast.com. You can just shoot me a postcard or a letter, something little, tell me where you are that you're listening to the show. I'll send you a Remember the Game postcard back. We'll be friends. It'll be awesome. Uh, it's been a nice haul over the last week. You guys spoil me rotten. I got a, a dope, <laughs> I got a nice uh, personalized postcard from my buddy Tim over at Codenames Live, which you can find on Twitch. And uh, I've been playing, I've played that some time, and uh, he just confirmed that I am the official jerk. He didn't say that, but I know I am. I'm the official kind of bad boy of Codenames Live. I'm a bit of the, I'm a little angry sometimes over there, and I like it. I also got a digital copy of Spock, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for the Nintendo Switch from my fans, my friends Angela and Dan over at DNA Gaming. And then the, the one and only Keegs, a longtime member of our community, hooked me up with a USB Ethernet adapter for my Nintendo Switch, which is fucking a super thoughtful and awesome gift. So thank you all so much. Mucho appreciated. And then finally, and then I'll finish with all the self-promotion. You can find me on Twitch. I stream Tuesday and Thursday nights, and I stream Sunday afternoon. Go to Member the Game. 
over on twitch.tv. So go to twitch.tv and then search for member the game, not remember. And we've been getting more and more people that have been coming by that are like, hey, first time come by the stream. It's, I always say hi. I try to talk to everyone. I don't have thousands of fucking chatters, followers. So I can try to keep up with, I keep up with most of the conversation in the chat. It's really, really fun. So come by there and say hi. All right. And that's it. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow you guys. Let's blow in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. Uh, and as we call this segment, blowing in the cartridge. So let's blow. And our first blower this week is Morgan. And Morgan wrote in, speaking of the Twitch stream, and said, I just finished attending the live streaming this Sunday of Adam playing God of War over on Twitch. And I'll say that it was my favorite stream so far next to the charity marathon. I know it sounds corny, but watching someone else experience a game you love for the first time is very fulfilling. Uh, you know what? First of all, thanks Morgan for coming by Twitch. And, uh, I, uh, like I said, I, I stream on Sunday afternoons and this past Sunday, I just, I played God of War for a few hours and, uh, it's, it's, it's spectacular. I like you could, I think like my admiration for this game really did come through on the Twitch stream. It was my first time playing it. I'm falling in love with it as I play it. It's it's, and I know exactly what you're saying, Morgan. Uh, former, remember the game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh uh, has been playing Last of Us for the first time, and he's been messaging me, messaging me about how much he likes it and how awesome the story is and stuff. And uh, and that makes me feel nice because it's like, yes, I know that it is awesome, and it's awesome to see other people experience a game that you love. Like you said, look at how many of you got hooked on Slay the Spire after listening to me praise it on the show here for months and months and months and months. And every time I get another message from somebody being like, dude, Slay the Spire is awesome awesome i'm like yes it is and i'm so happy that i helped you find that game it just you don't click with every game you know and just because you don't hate a game doesn't mean that it checks every box and really connects with you i don't i mean i don't know what the number is but like i think if you're falling in love with one out of every 10 or 15 games you're playing that's a great clip you know what i mean doesn't mean you don't like it or you do like it or you don't like it but to really there's so few games that just really scratch every itch and really just click home and it really is special when you find that connection with a game and i'm absolutely experiencing that with god of war i'm just, i'm smitten with it i'm just i'm just i'm glad that came through on the twitch stream it's spectacular i love it it may go down as my favorite playstation 4 game when i'm done so thanks morgan and thank you stupid monkey for hooking me up with a copy of god of war boognish wrote into us on Patreon and said, Adam, keep up the great work. I apologize for any confusion I may have caused regarding my gender. I've changed my profile picture to better reflect my appearance. I hope this helps. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> fuck. So last week, I, I, I shouted out Boognish. Uh, I can't remember if Boognish wrote in with a comment or if I was... Sh yeah, I must. Anyway, so I shouted out Boognish. Uh, and I think I said he, and then I was like, not, you know, not to get all politically correct, but I was like, Boognish could be either. So I stepped back and I was like, I don't know if you're a he, a she, what you, what you are. And I was like, that's just, it, Boognish is kind of an ugly name. It is, it's ugly. It's an ugly name. And it turned into an ugly segment where I didn't know what Boognish was. I love that name, but I don't know what Boognish is. So Boognish has clarified, but the new avatar is just a spiky haired smiley face cartoon that I still don't know. So Boog is now officially a gender here at Remember the Game industries we're all just boogs you guys so thank you boognish <laughs> boognish i love it uh adam anderson wrote in quickly here this is a good point to throw it back to the controller's expansion pass episode from sunday because it never came up the playstation 3 controller was almost very different if you're not familiar with it look up the ps3 boomerang fucking great point adam i never i never mentioned it i forgot all about that but like dude i totally remember that if you guys haven't seen it maybe some of our younger listeners don't remember this google the playstation 3 boomerang 
And I'm just, uh, it literally is a boomerang with buttons on it. And that's almost what the PS3 controller was. And it's funny because I was praising all the PlayStation controllers on that expansion pass because I was like, they don't really change them much and they don't have to. They're perfect. They work as is. And then the, the, the PS3 was almost a fucking disaster with that boomerang. So good pull, Adam. I forgot all about that. Uh, Make Mallow Shift Money wrote in and said, Woohoo, not only is Analog releasing a new crop of their Super Nintendo build, but is confident in their online security and monitoring and canceling resales of the Analog Pockets to assure that anyone who wants one will get one. Do you think they can do it? And do you have any interest? So just quickly, if you don't know, Analog is this company online that makes like modern retro gaming consoles. So the Analog Pocket is this really fucking sick looking modernized Game Boy that can play all the old Game Boy games, but it's backlit and slick looking. It's awesome. And they have like Super Nintendo 1. I think they have a Genesis. There's a few anyway. So that's what they, they make modern iterations of retro consoles uh so i do think they'll be able to manufacture enough to match demand to answer your first question because i have to imagine that they don't need the same chips that playstation and xbox are struggling to get their hands on right now to play like super nintendo games uh and i bet you they probably have a little bit more capital in the bank now after their last run of consoles so they can probably finance it they have a better idea of what the demand is for them so i i do think if they don't get exactly enough to match the the insatiable demand from the the, the game the, the retro gaming community i think they're going to get very close i will give them that will they be able to stop resellers i that i'm not sold on but hopefully if they're manufacturing enough the resellers are a non-issue because they're making so many you know so hopefully that that one i'm not quite as confident on but i i think it'll be much easier to get your hands on one than it was last time uh do i have any interest in it no, but only because I don't have any cartridges anymore. I, I don't I love them. I love retro game cartridges and stuff, but they, they take up a ton of room. They've actually gotten stupid expensive. It's just not practical anymore and I can't afford it and I don't have the room for the hobby. So I have no use for that because I don't have anything to play on it. And I will be honest, even if I if I did have a collection of Game Boy games or maybe Game Boy, because the original Game Boy is a little haggard looking these days. But like a Super Nintendo, a Genesis, NES, whatever, if I was collecting those, I think I would much prefer to play them on their original hardware so i don't know if those consoles are for me but i definitely see the appeal of them and especially that fucking analog pocket that thing looks so look it up you guys if you're interested it looks fucking crisp it's oh fucking sick uh ninja lunchbox 79 wrote in and said i grew up a nintendo kid i'm in my 40s now i love the classics i dug out my old 3ds and what game was in it a gem of a game called nes remix this game is the tits. I had it on the Wii U, and it's probably the one I played the most on that console. Now for my rant. Why in the hell is there not a Volume 2? Also, why is there not an SNES remix? Was I the only one that enjoyed this twist on the classics? I can't be. Uh, so, first of all, yes, dude, Ninja Lunchbox, NES remix is fucking awesome. If you guys never played it, uh, it was it was on the 3DS and the Wii U, and they they basically all they did is they took a bunch of old NES games and then they made new little mini games out of them with specific challenges. Like you had Mario three and you had ten seconds to jump on three Goombas or fucking whatever. You know, just tons of little things. They changed the level around, the controls around. Uh, I played the fuck out of NES Remix back in the day. Those games were awesome. And I say those games. I don't know if you knew this, Ninja. There is a second one. You asked why there isn't a sequel, and I don't know if you meant. Uh, why isn't there an NES Remix 2? Or why isn't there something after the first two NES Remixes? There is an NES Remix 2 that came out, I think about a year after the first one. 
Um, but dude, I yes, I agree with you. We want I want more. I was beating the SNES remix drum for a long time back in the day, and then I kind of just forgot about it and gave up the fight. But these games are so fun. Now you've re-sparked my SNES remix passion. That will be on my wish list once again. I don't know why we're not getting something else out of this. They can't be too hard to make. They're fucking super popular. Everybody wants another way to play some of those vintage games. Sell us those games in a whole different way. I oh, I, I would buy an SNES remix like that. I'd probably break my pre-order rule. And well, no, I probably wouldn't because I'd be downloading. But either way, I'd be all over an SNES remix. So seriously, if you still play your 3DS or you're one of those eight people that have a Wii U laying around, look into the games NES Remix and NES Remix 2. Uh, I believe you can buy them in a package as well, like where they comes with both of them. They're just awesome. Just super fun. Highly recommend them. Fucking great pull Ninja Lunchbox. I forgot all about the NES Remix games. I love those games. Uh, Darren wrote in a couple more here. Darren wrote in, if you had to build a fan, a final fantasy game. Okay. Mm. If you had to build a final fantasy game using all the final fantasy universe, it could only have four people in your party. Who do you pick? Who is the villain and which games world do they exist in? Hmm. This is like, this could be an entire podcast. This is deep. So, okay. So I gotta, I gotta build a team of four final fantasy characters versus one final fantasy villain in one Final Fantasy setting. So, for the record, I've played Final Fantasy 1, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 15. So that's what I'm working with here. So if you're like, where the fuck is Frank from Final Fantasy 13? I never played that game. Or I never I played Final Fantasy 13 for like 20 minutes. So I, I'm, I'm drawing from what I know. Uh, so for my team of four, I'm going to make the leader, uh, Terra from Final Fantasy 6 because I think she's awesome and she's a fucking beast and the way that she does the morphing thing is I just Tara's fucking rad so she's my leader uh, I'll take Edge from Final Fantasy 4 who was like the smart mouth little arrogant ninja guy because I think he's hilarious he's the second in command of my team and he's a bit of a womanizer so he could constantly be hitting on Tara and then getting shut down by Tara and I think that would make a funny uh, storyline I'll take Steiner from Final Fantasy 9 to be my tank because I love Steiner. I think the three of them would have a great dynamic because Steiner would probably get fed up with Edge's attitude and tell him to shut his mouth and the way he talks to Terra. But then they could also like team up and do their like the the pairing Steiner's attacks with Edge's ninja skills and they'd fuck shit up and it'd be awesome. And then I need a fourth. And I know that a healer would make sense, but I don't really want to just weigh it down with just a straight up healer. We have the leader in Terra. We've got the mature tank in Steiner. I have the goofy guy in Edge. Now, the obvious answer to me is Aerith from Final Fantasy VII as, like, a healer. But I really don't like... I don't like Aerith. I just... I'm not a fan. So, you know what? I'm going to take Tifa from Final Fantasy VII. But if I just give her a little bit of healing materia just in case, then then I'm good. I don't have a dedicated white mage, but Terra, Tifa, and Edge can all chip in to heal and keep everyone alive. And then Steiner will just be fucking shit up the whole time and throwing his sword around. And So, that's my team. Terra, Tifa, Edge, and Steiner. And then for my villain, I got to go Kefka from Final Fantasy VI because I think he's the best villain, not only in Final Fantasy, but maybe in gaming history. I know some people think Sephiroth is cooler, and he is cooler. Kefka's just a fucking evil piece of shit, though. And then, uh, you know what? We're going to, the world will set the game in is Final Fantasy X so that I can play Blitzball, but I don't have to listen to Titus laugh. Because I love Blitzball, but I don't really like Titus. So that's, there you go. Good question, Darren. That was hard. I like that. That was good. I like, yes, yes, excellent. And now finally, one more blower this week before we move on. You guys know that it becomes the distinguished letter time letter for the week. So it's letter time. It's letter time. Brian Robbins wrote in and said, Adam, 
Should I buy a Switch now, or should I wait for the new model at this point, and will the next gen of Nintendo have 4K support? Hmm. Now, this is something we've talked about a few times um, on the Twitch stream, over on the Discord. I think it's probably come up on the podcast a little bit before. It's a common question from non-Switch owners. At this point, do you buy a Switch, or do you wait for the upgraded edition? Because the thing is, we all think a Switch Pro is coming. Nintendo's not even straight up denying it anymore. They're just saying it's not coming right now. So, in theory, you could wait for a Switch Pro that never comes. Um... And even if it does come, like the earliest that thing is dropping is holiday 2021. Guaranteed. They just released the Mario, uh, the Mario version of the Nintendo Switch. That Monster Hunter one is coming out in a few weeks. If they sold a mountain of them last year, if they turn around right now and then drop a new, better version of the Switch in like three months after everyone just bought these new limited edition ones up, it's not going to go over well. So um, I do think it's coming. In fact, I have no doubt that a Switch Pro is coming, but I, I think you're waiting till Christmas this year at the earliest. So I think the first question, and this doesn't just go to Brian, this is to anyone that's on the fence about buying a Switch right now. The first question you have to ask yourself is are you willing to wait until the holidays knowing that it may not matter? You know, because the thing is, is the Switch Pro may not even come out then. And now you've just got, a, you just waited another fucking eight, nine months to buy a Switch, you know? Because the thing is, is I love Nintendo, but... I don't think anything games-wise is coming out on the Switch this year, at least not that they've announced, that's going to topple what's already available. So I don't think waiting is the end of the world. It's a matter of do you want to wait for something that may not be coming, right? Because if you've gone four years already and you've resisted uh, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Smash Ultimate, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Animal Crossing, New Horizon, Link's Awakening Remake, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Luigi's Mansion, Splatoon 2, etc., etc. If you've already gone so long not giving in to buy those games there's really nothing coming out in 2021 that's head and shoulders above all those there's at least maybe they'll surprise us but as of right now there isn't so if if you haven't been bothered by waiting for four years what's the big deal about waiting for another 10 months to see if you could get a pro you know and then if a pro doesn't come out at the holidays this year then maybe you finally just pull the trigger on a regular nintendo switch because if they're gonna release one they're gonna do it close to the holidays that only makes sense uh the thing is is switches aren't going down in value and neither are the games. We know that, right? Switch games never lose their value. Nintendo Switches are still selling like crazy, so they're not going to be getting cheaper anytime soon. If you wait to buy an Xbox or a PlayStation and scoop one up late in, genera- uh, in that console generation, it's a great way to save money. You can get all the big games for like 10 20 bucks. With the Switch, you are going to pay no matter when you buy it. So don't wait just to save money. That's not going to happen. Uh, so if you can't stand waiting anymore, if you're just like, fuck, I really want to play these games, then just pull the trigger and buy one. Because you're looking at at least 10 more months, you could catch up on all these games. And if you don't mind waiting, if this hasn't bothered you, then frankly, at this point, I would suggest to continue to wait. If you don't mind, give it another 10 months. See if that Switch Pro comes out by the Christmas, right? You could always buy a Switch now, play it between now and November or whenever the Switch Pro comes out, and then sell the one you bought and use it to help finance your Switch Pro. You could always do that as well. Because the Switch is going to hold its value. You're, you'll be able to sell it. No doubt about that. But my suggestion would be if, if you can't wait, if you're going crazy, buy one. If you aren't minding waiting, I would say give it until the holidays this year and see if the Switch Pro comes out. And as far as whether or not the Switch Pro is going to have 4K, they have not said. Nobody knows. Rumors are that it's going to do 4K when it's docked. But 
I would not wait specifically for a Switch Pro in the hopes that he'd be able to play these games in 4K because that is far from a guarantee. Nintendo is traditionally underpowered compared to what the other guys are doing. And uh, Charlie M commented on this question on our Patreon page and brought up a great point. Games like Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey look really, really, really good without 4K. Whether you're playing them handheld or on the TV, like 4K would be dope, but it doesn't need them. They, They look really, really good. So... If you're only waiting because you want 4K, I say buy one now. Uh, but it really comes down to how patient you are, right? So there you go. For what it's worth, I've had one since launch. I love it. No regrets at all. And if I bought it right now, if I had never played a Nintendo Switch, I bought one today knowing that I'd probably have to sell it in November to buy a Switch Pro, but I got to play all those games I listed earlier, the Zeldas, the Marios, etc. I'd be totally happy because there is at least a year worth of fucking awesome games available on this thing right now. So... Hope that helps, Brian. There you go. That's all the blowing this week. Uh, Let's get into our smash hit segment. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you, as always, to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with our theme music for the show. The rules are simple. You all know this. Each week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it exists. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third game is erased forever. And this week, since I figured we're already talking Final Fantasy VIII, it just made sense to do the PlayStation Final Fantasy trio of Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy IX. As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. I'll get to that in a minute. And just quickly, there's a stipulation this week. I know Final Fantasy VII already has a remake. So the stipulation I added to this round was if you remake Final Fantasy VII, you can keep the remake that exists or you can redo it however you want. If you play it or you erase it, then the Final Fantasy VII remake no longer exists. If you don't choose to remake Final Fantasy VII, then you lose the current remake of Final Fantasy VII. And despite the fact that I bolded that note, I italicized italicized i don't know how you would say that but i I bolded it i put it in italics and that rule that stipulation right there nobody freaking read it so get ready for some disqualifications you sons of bitches because your whole bunch of you counted on having that remake anyway and you're all disqualified or at least wrong and we're gonna get into that let's go amarok wrote in and said for now i would give the following answer Play Final Fantasy IX, I'd say it's aged the least and it still plays pretty great. Remake Final Fantasy VIII, I would love to experience this game in a similar fashion to the recent Final Fantasy VII remake. And then finally, erase Final Fantasy VII, we have a remake of it now and it's pretty awesome and I'm just going to ignore the whole butterfly effect nonsense that usually gets brought up. So now I will say, at least Amarok had the decency to address my rule and say I'm not playing by your rule, fuck you. All right, I I respect that. I I can't disqualify you for that because at least you admitted, yeah, I knew this rule existed, but fuck you. So that's fair. And I do agree 100%. Final Fantasy IX has aged the best and it is absolutely playable today. No question. Totally on board with that, Amarok. Defunct wrote in and said, play Final Fantasy VIII because I haven't gotten to experience it yet and I would like to. Remake Final Fantasy IX as it's one of the best Final Fantasy games ever made and give it the Final Fantasy VII remake treatment. Erase Final Fantasy VII because it's already had the perfect remake and as long as they keep going and make part two, it's a superior way to experience that game. You did not read the rules, Defunct. And as much as I like you and your cool little creepy ass avatar, you are disqualified, Defunct. Damn it all. This is why I don't put games that already have remakes in here because it's impossible to navigate the rules properly. Sons of bitches. 
I, I listen, I would love to see Final Fantasy IX remade, and you should play Final Fantasy VIII, but you erase Final Fantasy VII, you erase the remake as well. That's the damn rules. It's my house. James Anderson said all these games are on Game Pass, by the way, which is a fucking great point, James. Thank you very much for pointing that out. He said he would remake Final Fantasy IX, give it the same treatment as VII. It'd be awesome. Uh, Final Fantasy IX is a top three Final Fantasy game of all time. I would erase Final Fantasy VII. I'm not a big fan of the cyberpunk style anyway, and it was already remade. And then I guess by default, I would play Final Fantasy VIII. It's the only one I haven't played, and I might as well give it a shot in its original form for free on Game Pass. Now... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if you're technically disqualified or not because you erase seven, which means that you erase the remake, but you don't really seem to be that interested in the remake anyway. So if you're not DQ'd, you just have to live with no Final Fantasy seven remake. Final Fantasy nine is absolutely top three game. No question. And I really hope that you and anyone listening to this that has not played Final Fantasy eight considers giving it a chance after the podcast. We'll get there in a second, but I hope you do. Speaking of those disqualifications, our resident delinquent, Slick Rick, said, so this week I'm playing on Erase, not Remake 3. I would remake all three. Final Fantasy VII Remake is fucking awesome so far. Final Fantasy VIII has plenty of things that are wrong, but the game was good and had a lot to offer. It had a bad rap. Some of it deserved and some of it isn't. Remake it. Final Fantasy IX is the best Final Fantasy game. Remaking it in the Final Fantasy VII Remake style has me foaming at the mouth. Now listen here, Rick. I agree with you that all, 100%, all three of these games could use a remake, and I would buy the fuck out of all three of these games remade. But playing on Erase, non Remake 3 is not my show. That sounds like some shitty goddamn Fox game show that airs at like fucking 11 o'clock at night and nobody watches it and all the commercials are ads for lawyers saying, have you ever been in an accident with asbestos or something? And no, so you are dis-fucking-qualified, sir. It is play one, remake one, erase one, play by the rules. Banned. Zane Donovan said, okay, I would play Final Fantasy VII as it already has a remake and it's amazing. I would remake Final Fantasy IX. That whole game would be so insane with current graphics. And I would erase Final Fantasy VIII. The whole story doesn't do much for me. Also, Adam, I hope you do a recording of a part two for Final Fantasy VI. So uh, that's fair. And uh, dude, a remake of IX, a lot of people seem to think that would be awesome. And uh, for the record, Zane, I absolutely want to revisit Final Fantasy VI at some point. I don't know when probably in like the 200s of this show, but down the road at some point we will revisit Final Fantasy VI. Dave McGee said, I would play Final Fantasy VII. I know some people don't feel the same way, but I adore this game. It was the first game I bought when I got my PlayStation. I have such nostalgic ties for this game. Staying up all night with my buddies drinking and trying to beat the ruby and emerald weapons or accidentally forgetting to save or my memory card failing, putting me into a rage. I have so many memories attached to it, so it stays as it is. Remake Final Fantasy IX, updated graphics, make it quicker loading into battles and touching up the sounds. It'd be gorgeous. Fuck Final Fantasy VIII. Fuck that dumpster fire piece of crap with its stupid card game and the stupid gun blade. Erase this game. Erase the people who came up with this idea and erase their parents as well. I don't. Have we ever had someone say they want to erase a game developer's parents? I think that's first on the show. Um, but I'm not joking. Like a, 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 that, that reaction is like a sizable chunk of our community's opinions toward Final Fantasy VIII. People that hate it fucking despise it. I, I want to interject on what you're saying, but I'll save it. I will say dumb blades are dumb. Agreed. Uh, but that said, none of those are what I would do. A whole bunch of you did have the same order as me, just with different logic. Seriously, R.O.N.P. said remake Final Fantasy VII because I haven't played the remake yet. I love the original. I also read the rules and don't think I'm above Adam's Law. Thank you very much. 
Play Final Fantasy IX because of the two remaining. It's the one that didn't suck. Erase Final Fantasy VIII because it's terrible. And if I ever see the word junction in a game again, I might rage quit immediately. So just by saying playing by Adam's Law, that'll get you read on this show straight up. Well done, R&P. Stupid Monkey said remake Final Fantasy VII because I love that game. The remake, I mean, although I love the original as well. Play Final Fantasy IX because I really want to someday. I never got around to finishing it because I'm a heathen. Also, my PlayStation 1 died back in the day. Erase Final Fantasy VIII in the more spectacularly violent way because Squall is an emo loser who deserves it and the whole we were friends as kids and somehow forgot twist was just dumb. So <laughs> we're going to get into that amnesia thing in a minute, but you should definitely play nine, stupid monkey. That would make you smart, monkey. G9 PSX. Sorry, there's a lot of these. I try to read as many as I can. It's my fucking show. I always worry this is going too long. And then I'm like, is this my fucking... I have no sponsors. Nobody. I don't... Uh, the only person I owe it even a little bit of an exclamation to is the Patreons. And if you've signed up for our Patreon, you obviously don't hate what I do. So, fucking read as many as I want. Fuck you, Bill Gates. You know what you did. G9PSX. Wow, I didn't even make a suggestion for the hot dog screwing Adam edition of Expansion Pass, but I feel like you're taking your revenge out on me anyway. Remake Final Fantasy VII. The original was my favorite game of all time for over 20 years. Nothing could touch it until the remake came along. It was everything my 10 to 30 year old brain imagined it would be. I wouldn't even change anything of the remake now. Anyone complaining about the textures in that game needs to go back and take a look at where it came from. For me, it's like a cold beer in the pool next to a beach that's hosting a volleyball competition. Sheer bliss. It's pretty intense. Uh, G9 was said he'd play Final Fantasy IX. As for PS1 era Final Fantasy games, you can't go wrong with the last entry when they knew exactly what they were doing and what the console could do. And then Erase Final Fantasy VIII. Something has to go, and it sure as hell isn't going to be seven or nine. Audio squall. The logic of your gunblade gives me nightmares. <laughs> this is actually incredibly close to my exact reasoning. James Clark said the same. Uh, he said, I would play Final Fantasy IX because that one was the only... Because that, or pardon me, I would play Final Fantasy IX because that one was only slightly better than Final Fantasy VIII in my opinion. I would remake Final Fantasy VII to keep the remake. It's a masterpiece. And so regrettably, I would erase Final Fantasy VIII. It pains me because I feel the story elements in the game were better than IX, but the gameplay overall and some of the whining and brooding got under my skid at times. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying here, James. Ninja Lunchbox had the same order as well. You win as well. Everyone that just said that got it right. I personally would play Final Fantasy IX. Uh, I love this game. I've said it many times. I think it's probably the best offering in the series. I would love a remake of it, but I also think it looks very good for a PS1 game. You know, just just like games that came out near the end of the NES life cycle, the SNES life cycle, games that came out near the end of the PS1 look pretty decent. You know, developers had a handle on what they could do at that point. So uh, as much as I would love to remake Final Fantasy IX, I don't think it'll be as good as a Final Fantasy VII remake. So I would remake Final Fantasy VII and I wouldn't change one fucking thing about the remake they have going right now aside from maybe letting me play the whole thing at once. That's the, I, think it's, I think Final Fantasy VII remake is spectacular. I think the original Final Fantasy VII, well, a classic, needed the facelift the most of these three games. It's the one I'm the most nostalgic for, so seeing it remade was just the coolest shit. Very special. Can't touch that. And then I would erase Final Fantasy VIII. Don't take this as I'm about to shit all over this game because I am not. When we get into the discussion, I, I, I think this game does a lot right. But I'm not nearly as nostalgic for it as 7, and I don't think it's as good as 9. And it's just that simple. It's the Lisa Simpson of the PS1 Final Fantasies. It's the middle kid, right? Final Fantasy 7 is Bart, Final Fantasy 9 is Maggie. And we all know if you were going to kill off a kid from the Simpsons family, it's going to be Lisa, right? We can all agree on that. 
can't kill a baby and Bart's too cool. So Lisa is Final Fantasy VIII. Gotta go. So there you go. Thank you, everyone that played. I try to read as many of them as I can. Uh, let me get into what I've been playing, and then we'll talk a lot of Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, I, have, I have mostly been playing God of War on my PS4, and I, I think I said my piece a few minutes ago in the intro there. It is just, it, it's just, it's excellent. Excellent. I'm thinking about dedicating an episode of Expansion Pass to it when I'm done, even though it's a few years old, just because I have so many positive things to say about it. And I know how many members of our community really, really like it as well. If you've not played God of War, it's really cheap. I, good God, is it good. Holy fuck. And you don't need to know any of the other games because I don't know any other games. You don't know anything. You don't need to know anything about mythology because I don't know anything about mythology. You just have to like good video games. That's all, that's all it takes to get into God of War on the PS4. It is so fucking good. Like, I want to say it's a contender for my game of the year, but it's like four years old. Um, I've also been playing quite a bit of Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel on my Xbox Series X. I 100%ed it on normal. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do a hard playthrough or not. I might try. I don't want to come on here and say it's better than Mario Kart because I think they're very different. I think Mario Kart is relaxing and chill and kind of a party game. Crash Team Racing is intense, man. You, you've got to, you have to get good or you're fucked. And it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I like the challenge that it brings. I got to fire up the original soon. I have it on my PlayStation Classic. Uh, so we can cover it here on Remember the Game. Because I'm really digging Crash Team Racing. Uh, and then my girlfriend and I have been playing Super Mario 3D World on the Switch together. We're into World 7. We got 100% of everything so far. We played it on the Wii U back in the day together. And we had a good time. Now we're playing on the Switch. It's really fun. If you're poo-pooing on it for being a re-release, but you haven't played it, you're missing out on a great Mario game, man. Mario 3D World is awesome. I'll probably review it on Expansion Pass sometime in March after I get a chance to play Bowser's Fury and see how that goes. And that uh, that's what I've been playing. That'll do it. Let's talk some Final Fantasy VIII. And as you guys know, I like to give you nerds a chance to share your thoughts on games before I indulge myself and ramble for a while. And I want you to see what I'm saying about the hate that this game gets from some people. Mr. Satan wrote in and said, all I have to say is fucking gun blades. Dumbest weapon ever. Now, just quickly, Mr. Satan, I, gotta, I don't think that I mentioned it on the podcast. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I did. So just quickly, if I didn't, I would like to say for the record that I agree if you don't, if you never played Final Fantasy VIII, some of the characters have swords that are also guns, and I think they're just stupid. I totally agree. I think it's a dumb weapon. Michael Mathis over on Patreon did reply to Mr. Satan's comment and point out that Cloud's Buster Sword is kind of stupid too. And you're not wrong, Michael, but I could get past the the giant swords, like the Buster Sword and things. Once you turn the sword into a gun, then you lost me. That was a little much. So Keegs wrote in and just said, it's a turd. That's... I wasn't able to fit Keegs into play one, remake one, erase one, but he basically said the same thing over there. He is clearly of the opinion that Final Fantasy VIII is a piece of feces. <laughs> Brian Robbins said, I used to make it to the end of the second or third disc and my save would always go corrupt. I remember being so deflated as a kid, but this and Final Fantasy X are still close to my heart. Uh, for the record, I don't think I would ever go back to a long, grindy RPG if I lost my file that late in the game. I think I'd just be done. Darren wrote in and said, I love the original Final Fantasy and decided to try to play the, quote, current games, which at the times were Final Fantasy 7 and 8. So I bought both of them, and after a couple hours playing on each one, I just didn't care. And I know this makes me a pariah in some people's eyes, but the stories just didn't make me want to continue. The graphics were nice for the time, but like you often say, Adam, they just don't hold up. Plus, fuck random encounters. They always seem to happen when you can't heal or when you're just trying to get to a place quickly. It is so annoying. So... As you can see, 
Not a lot of love from Final <laughs> for Final Fantasy VIII in the community, but it has its defenders, and its defenders are fiercely loyal. Dan T from the band Vertical Noise, who provides our theme song over on Game Patch, wrote in. Now, I did have to edit Dan's comment down a little bit because it was a little beefy, but it was also incredibly well-written. I see the passion, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Dan says, This was the first game I played at a young age that wasn't movie-licensed or for kids. It completely blew my mind and opened up my eyes to the possibilities gaming had to offer. Replaying it as an adult several times, the thing that strikes me the most is that I is the missed potential that I think it had, probably owing to the fact that they only had a year and a half to develop this after Final Fantasy VII, and they didn't have the veteran leadership of Sagaguchi, who was busy working on the Spirits Within film. All the systems and story have the beginnings of something special, but just can't seem to stick the land for me on most counts and often end up conflicting with each other the junction system offers up a great deal of options and customization that the series had seen before but it's so open that it allowed savvy players to break it and the game with regards to the story it starts off strong throwing a group of teenager soldiers into a plot of warring nations and political conflict that's way over their heads that had the potential to the potential to explore some interesting avenues that the series hadn't been down before but by the end of disc two it completely shits the bed jumps the shark and descends into flying school schools, amnesia causing summons, and time traveling nonsense. I've finished this game many times over 20 years, and I still couldn't explain exactly what's going on in the last third of the games. I can see in the last third of the game, pardon me. I can see why it's so divisive, and I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a great game, but I still much prefer it to Final Fantasy VII, even if it's just for the fact that they tried something radically different, and for that it will always hold a special place in my pantheon of gaming. Well said, Dan. I don't usually read comments that long, but it was just so well written. I know the passion. I understand. So uh, there you go. Good stuff. I and I and um I I the thing about what Dan said is I absolutely think it's possible to find fault in this game, but still like it anyway. And that's what I'm about to do for an hour and a half with my pal Andre. I'm gonna cue up some music, and we are finally gonna talk Final Fantasy VIII, which originally debuted worldwide. On February 11th, 1999. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Here we go. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week is my pal Andre. So we're just going to get the, the uh, how are you? We'll get this out of the way. How you doing? I, I'm doing good, buddy. Okay. Uh, pretty good. It's a, nice, it's a nice Monday, relaxing, you know. Cold. <laughs> Fucking cold because yeah. it's Edmonton. It's, it's, it's warmer than it has been, though. It's slowly, slowly getting there. It's warming up. And we're talking Final Fantasy VIII. And you guys, listen, so many of you guys. So if you don't know, and I will have already explained all this in the intro, but Final Fantasy VIII won our Patreon poll in January. And then I, I know that this is going live at the end of February, but this is not a short game and I had to play through it. I try to give games the benefit of the doubt, play through the whole thing. So I got right to the final boss. I did not, I'm going to get this out of the way. I did not beat the final boss. We're going to get into all that as we go through this. I got to be honest with you, Andre. I'm a little bit, not nervous, but... A little apprehensive that this episode is going to not live up to the hype because I know so many people have opinions on this game. So many people have been asking about this episode. So many people have been like, what do you think? Do you like it? Do you hate it? I was like, you got to listen to the episode to find out. 
So I'll share my opinions on this game in a minute, but I'm just going to give you the floor for a second because you have been a staunch defender of Final Fantasy VIII since I, since the, the first time it came up on the show. And this, this game has been coming up in the Remember the Game Industries lunchroom for about a year and a half now. And you have been a staunch defender, despite the fact that I would say 60 to 70% of the community hates this game. So I will give you the floor until you're done blabbing. Why do you like or hate this game? I know you like it. So just, just quickly, don't get into details, but why do you, why? Why are you defending this game? A big, a big part of my love for this game, like I played this when it first came out. It, and it, this, this game, I, I very much enjoyed it. I think a lot of, I'll say this honestly, when I was originally playing this way back in was it 19, whatever, late 90s when this game, game came out, I played it, I, play, I would rent it a lot from uh, Uptown Video in Martinville. And the thing is, I, you don't finish a game like this in a weekend, especially if you're not playing it, all, unless I was playing it all over. But it, it, I'd maybe got two discs in every time I did. And, I, and for some reason, I kept restarting every time I'd, I'd buy it because I'd lose my place and not... Again, it's that you lose your place if, you don't, if you're not playing it all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and then eventually you finish the game and... I love this game up until disc, the disc four. Okay, and we'll get into that because yeah, I, I can I can understand. But, so I, just sorry, one cool thing about renting PlayStation games is that we've all had the stories on this show about you know I would rent fucking Final Fantasy two on the Super Nintendo over and over and over again, but every time I rented it, I had to restart it because the file had been erased. The cool thing about renting a PlayStation game was as much as I don't like memory cards, it was pretty nice that your save was safe. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. as long as you kept it on your memory card, you could re-rent this in six months, and your file would be there. So that's a cool thing, the, at least. The difference is though, when I and I started renting this as soon as it came to the store, right? Right. But you'd rent it for whatever your time it was, and if it was three days or seven days, whatever it was. But then other people could put it on reserve, right? So it didn't mean you could just go unless you had multiple copies. You couldn't just go back and get the game again yeah yeah so there'd be times where i wouldn't get the game again for another month or longer so and i'm the kind of person that's like i don't know exactly where i was yeah i wasn't good for i would sit there and go what am i doing and then i just restart the game and dude you know it what sounds du- it sounds dumb no but no that's who i was i'm willing to bet you that a fucking vast majority of the people listening to this podcast right now have at some point put down an rpg come back to it and be like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. And to be honest with you, and we're going to get into this, this game might even be worse for that because it's not just a matter of where do you have to go to keep the game moving, but the strategies you have going with what music or what music, what magic have you drawn? What do your card situation look like? What what's your junction? You weird. Oh. Yeah. So like it's, I couldn't, I dude, like I, when I started playing this, I was like, I have got to get through this in one, not one sitting, but like in one playthrough without pausing and coming back to it. In a, like I wanted to play God of War on my PS4 and I was like, I got to finish Final Fantasy VIII first because I will never be able to figure out what the fuck was happening otherwise. So, Well, I, I, ha- I have this on Switch. I've had it on Switch since it came out on a couple, just a couple years ago when it came out on Switch. Yeah. And, or yeah, and I, and I picked it up and I played, I started playing through it and I got to a point and then I kind of petered off and started playing other games. And then I go back to play it again, and I'm like, "Huh, where am I? Yeah. I don't remember anything." Yeah. All right, restart. And the thing is, like, and dude, I, I, is it's not a, it's not like the map in this game is not. It's surprisingly small. I thought maybe that's just 
I don't know why I think that because I guess it's not really that much smaller than most other Final Fantasy games. But I, I really just not, felt like there was a lot of, of dead space, like a lot, yeah, like a lot of empty space in this game. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of just traveling in this game. Yeah, that it's it's and it's it's just that open world run. It doesn't feel like I I, I play seven or I play nine. And it feels like I leave one community. It's not that far of a jaunt to get to the next cave. Yeah. The, ma- the major cave or that next town or the next like main main objective. This one, it feels like you're riding around for a bit. Yeah. It may not be everybody's thing, but I felt like but, it's a lot of aimless moving around and going to different places kind of aimlessly. But for the most part, you you like it, obviously. That's why you oh, kept re-renting it. You liked it. Oh, because I, 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 I don't know. Just it, I grew. This was it would hit me at that perfect point where I was like eleven, like I was like eleven, twelve years old. So and that you know preteen okay. era, and it was just that fun game. Okay, so that's okay. So I, I mean, I'm a couple years older than you. I played Final Fantasy VII when it came out. I played it in high school. I loved it, just like so many people that are probably listening to this right now liked it. I. I, I'm not gonna. We are not comparing this game to Final Fantasy VII. All right. The oh, only time, no. the only time I'm bringing up Final Fantasy VII is right now, and the reason I'm bringing Final Fantasy VII up is to set the stage. The reason I had no opinions on this game until two months ago when I started playing it was because I didn't play it when it came out, and the reason I didn't play it when it came out was because I I played the shit out of Final Fantasy VII just like all of us nerds from our era did. And then when mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VIII came out, I looked at it. I just my buddy Mike had it, and I would just I saw it like. I saw the gameplay, the graphics, the the characters. I had no idea about the junctioning system, the drawing magic, none of that. I just saw it. And I was like, this just looks boring. Like, it looks so mature and adult. And, like, like Final Fantasy VII is, like, kind of zany. And you've got these fucking weird characters, like a dude with a gun on his arm and Red 13 is fucking aw- You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy. And then you play Final and Fantasy I- VIII, and it's just, here's a whole bunch of mature... I, I guess like high school style students. There's no weird animals for you to control. There's no free. It's not colorful. It's not bright. And I wrote it off because I was like, this is just, listen, whether you all like it or whether you don't like it, whether you like Final Fantasy VIII or you don't like Final Fantasy VIII, it is always going to be, not fairly, but it is always going to be Final Fantasy VII's little brother. It just is. It is always going to be in the shadow of Final Fantasy VII. And I'm sure a lot of you... Either don't like it because it's not Final Fantasy VII, or you're like I am, and you just skipped over it altogether because it was was not Final Fantasy VII. Well, um, this game it's it's in the shadow of Final Fantasy VII because it, as big as that game was, it was one of the it was it launched a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that game is just and and not my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time, but a wonderful Final Fantasy game. And then eight comes out, and it's lackluster. And then I think. It gets outshone, outshone by number nine. Yeah, that's yeah. You, I agree. You know my feelings on episode nine. Yeah, that's or on the, Final Fantasy nine. That's its other problem, right? Is that it's trapped on a console with Final Fantasy seven and Final Fantasy nine. And I don't give a shit what anybody says. Like you can argue that you know Final Fantasy seven is overrated. I argue that. You can argue that for whatever reason. I I don't know why you wouldn't like Final Fantasy nine, but maybe some people don't. Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX are two of the crown jewels of the Final Fantasy crown. They just Mm -hmm. are. And Final Fantasy VIII is kind of stuck in the middle. It goes totally off the rails with its style and with what it does and everything about the mechanics, everything we're going to get all that now in a minute. And so I skipped it forever. And so I finally sat down to play. And the reason I asked you about your experiences with it, Andre, is because you said you used to rent it all the time, which means you would have played the original PlayStation version. 
I yes, very much so. I can't. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'll answer the million dollar question. Everyone's like, "Do you like it? Do you hate it? What the fuck?" They're yelling at their phone like it's ten minutes into the. I I like it. I actually like this game quite a bit. I don't love it. I think, and I'm we're gonna get into all of it. I think there is a fucking really awesome set of mechanics in this game that is just buried under a lot of problems and that's and so and we'll get into that but I love the core I'd love to see a remake where not a remaster which is what I played but a full-blown remake where they make it all good because I liked a lot of it but the, the the first thing I wanted to bring up and the reason I wanted to tie it back to the original PlayStation version is I played the remaster and on the remaster if you have not played it guys you can set the time to triple speed uh, the game to triple speed almost anytime you want minus some cutscenes you can just set it to triple speed during battles yeah. during the overwap during the overmap during everything I cannot fathom playing this game without that triple speed between the number of summons you summon between all the fucking traveling as you said there's a lot of long traveling on the overworld between all of that i running around the fucking gardens that first garden you're in the the one you start the game in yeah i i I, the idea of doing all that without that triple speed to run through I'll be honest with you guys. If I was reviewing this exact same game without the remaster perk of being able to set it to triple speed, uh, I would have come on to this show and ripped this game a new asshole because it would have been just what a fucking slog. So before we get any further into this, I'm going to tell every single one of you listening, if you want to play this, if you have never played it and we make you want to play it, if maybe you played it and you didn't like it back in the day and you and maybe we convince you to give it another try, for the love of everything that is good on this planet, play the remastered version with the triple speed. I ignored all the warnings on the original Final Fantasy when I played the NES one and everyone was like, don't play the original, play a remaster. And I was like, you guys are all idiots. I'm going to go with the tried and true traditional method. Never again. Jesus God, play the remastered version. Okay? Oh, like I remember playing through this as a kid and there are sometimes you're sitting there, especially with some of the the GS, especially in the end game with some of of the, the Guardian Forces at the end. And some of their animations, like, and we all know this from episode from uh, Final Fantasy VII, yeah. And that, like, so, like some of those animations went on forever. Oh. It, 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 it's just as bad in FF8. I got it. it yeah, every, every, yeah. And some of the, the dialogue, I if you play it on regular speed, I find the dialogue very, very slow in this game. It is. It's so fucking slow. I put every it, single every moment <laughs> that I could have that triple speed on. I did it, and it wasn't because I hated it. It wasn't because I was like, this sucks. I just want to get it over with. I was like, just, just more for the love of fuck, hurry up. It's You know what this game is? You know when you're at the mall and you get stuck behind the slow walker and you can't do anything uh. to get around them and you just, every time you try to go around them, they kind of move and the, that's what they were like. For the love of God, <laughs> speed it up. It, this is so slow. And the thing is, is I played Final Fantasy VII back in the day and it didn't have a triple speed and Andre you fucking nailed it and I, I promise we're not gonna I'm not even trying to compare it to Final Fantasy 7 at this point but we all remember summoning Knights of the Round and then sitting there for three minutes while that fucking yeah. summon it like listen well, if, if Square if Square is listening to this right now please just fucking start letting us skip summon animations please you don't have to skip them but just make it you know like you know you can skip cutscenes like press X to skip the cutscene or whatever for the love of God we don't need to see Ifrit fucking jump up in the sky, call that meteor, 
do his little dance, flex his fucking pecs, and then throw the meteor down to the ground 800 <laughs> times. Just let us skip it, please. Uh, the only problem yeah. with the triple speed is that at times, I would accidentally, I wouldn't stop it fast enough, and it would blow past how much damage I did, and then I'd be like, oh, fuck, I didn't see if that was a good attack or not. So then I would have to, like, slow it down and watch. You know what I mean? But but I... Boy, yeah. Oh, you can God. miss things with the triple speed, but honestly, playing it like when I again, I, re, I started replaying it for for the do the show, and I couldn't imagine playing it without the triple speed. No, me neither. Through most parts, just just moving around buildings, just trying to get around stuff. It makes it so much easier. Yeah, because this is a very like I mean, you nailed it, Andre. It's a it's a it's a slow game, and so and like it's not just the running around in the overworld and it's not just the 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 fucking summon animations although the summon animations are slow the thing is is like depending on how you play it and listen before we get into this and andre if you want to talk if you if at some point if we go this way and you want to go there that's fine a ton of you were offering me advice a ton of you were telling me how to cheese the game and how to you know max out your character in the first hour so you could one hit everybody i i did not do any of that i did not read any guides about that i turned down advice from you guys on how to do that I'm not shitting on anyone that wants to play the game that way, but I was like, I don't, I want to play it on the up. I, I don't enjoy playing games that way. So I was like, I'm going to play this just on the honest, on the, without cheesing it or anything. And without doing any of that, if you've never played Final Fantasy VIII, and I guess this is a great way to segue into some of the mechanics, the, probably the biggest mechanic that, or the most infamous thing that, that this game is known for is that you don't cast spells by just using magic points. In, in Final Fantasy VII, you had Materia. In Final Fantasy IX, you had... I don't remember what those things were called, but you would equip them, and then it would teach you spells. Um, in, uh, it's, it's pretty... It's the same, it's same, same sort of level as Materia. Materia. Whereas in this it, game, it, you you yeah. everyone can cast any spell they want, but you as draw. They draw, drew it, yeah. You, so like, And when I say draw, like you literally... One of your like attack options is like you can attack, you can use an item, you can use magic, you can draw... And so you draw, and you can pretty well draw from every enemy in the game, I think. And then you click draw on them. Most, yeah, pretty most any enemy will either have will give you something. Yeah, and some then, of them are useless. Some of them are some of the some of the spells in this game, but it's it's how you junction them. Yeah, and again, I'm not an expert at junctioning. I can tell you that 100. percent I just know that well, Quake was the best thing ever to get your health up. Well, we'll get okay. We'll get into the junctioning in a minute because here's the thing. This game, like, and this is what I was worried about with this fucking game is like, it is so complex, the fucking mechanics of it. So, like, and I'm gonna, and I'll explain what I mean. So, you have to draw magic. So, every enemy in the game, basically, you can draw from them. And basically, like, if you've ever played any other RPG, you can steal from a lot of enemies. It's kind of like that, but you click draw, you click the enemy, and then it shows you what spells that enemy is stalking. And it's usually two, three, four spells. And, like Andre said, it could be like, it could be fucking scan and cure. It could be like Thundaga, fire, fire, fire aga, whatever the fuck they call. It. I wish I liked fire it better aga, when it was yeah. like I liked it better when it was fire one, fire two, fire three. But that's just me. Or five, but like, yeah, they, yeah. like they'll have life. Like literally, all every every Final Fantasy spell you can think of is in some of these enemies, and you draw them out. And when you draw the magic from them, then you stock it like items. And so you could draw fire from this enemy. And then it'll say, like, Squall drew four fires. And what that means is I now have four copies of the fire spell that I can then cast. And every time I cast it, that spell goes down by one. 
And the like, and I actually, I know some people hate it. I l- really like the concept of that. My first major criticism of this game, I guess it ties back to the slowness, which was my first major criticism, is that it can really, really become a slog if you don't cheese the system or. And we'll get into this in a minute, but you later on in the game you can turn you know cards and items and stuff like that into magic, or you can turn weaker magic into stronger magic. But at the at the mm-hmm. core concept of the game, you're just walking around pulling out anywhere from like one to seven or eight spells from characters at a time, and those spells max out at you can have a hundred in your inventory. And uh, I, I when I first started playing it, I was confused as fuck, and we're gonna get into that. But once I figured out how the systems worked. I was like, this is really cool, but then you realize just how monotonous and how tedious drawing the I, spells I, I, out of enemies are. I was one of the people for, and I still am to day because sometimes I just want to play through the game. I don't have the tediousness to deal with it. I like auto junctioning. Like it, it, it saves a lot of time, but if you want that perfect stat, and it's 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 refining. Like get a go, you get certain items to that you can get, so you can get these HP boosts and stuff. Yeah. And so, that, that also set up with like, a certain item you put on it, it gives you an HP boost. And it's, it, it, there's a lot of intricacies to how you junction your items and your, and your guardian forces do follow into it too. And that, because as they, as they go up, you get your HP junctions and things like that. And that's my second, and, that's my second criticism is that this game is, and because we haven't explained what and I know a lot of people don't even understand this, so we're gonna explain what junctioning and stuff is. But you, it's just so needlessly over over complicated. If, if you played, and the only reason I'm I'm not comparing it to Final Fantasy VII, I'm using it as a reference because I know a lot more people have probably played seven than eight. When you played Final Fantasy VII, when you equipped materia, the the more the the materia was leveled up, the more AP that materia had, the more effect it had on your base stats. Like you could equip a spell that would give you more HP or would give you more attack power or whatever. And in this game, what you do is you pick up guardian forces, GFs, and we'll get into those in a second. And then your your summons. They're your summons. And you you equip them to your characters. And then what they do is allow you to to, to junction, to apply magic to your stats. And so, listen, if this sounds so complicated, this is maybe my single biggest issue with Final Fantasy VIII. I don't think it explains these systems well. And I spent the first seven or eight hours of this game Googling and reading, and I didn't want to read too much to have the game spoiled or to have all these like, well, just equip 200 Quake to your HP and you'll be at 12,000 HP and you'll never die. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to know how to cheat the system. I just wanted to understand how the system worked. And they don't explain it well. And they have in-game tutorials. And I've played a lot of RPGs and I understand how RPGs work. But this system is so out of the box of anything that they have done. And they just don't explain it well and it is so infuriating and then one day dude i was sitting here i'm playing the game i'm enjoying the concept but i'm like so i'm drawing magic but i don't want like am i supposed to cast the magic am i supposed and then all of a sudden and we're gonna get into this we'll explain how i will do my absolute best to explain it to anyone that's never played this game all of a sudden it it all just every piece of the puzzle fell into place and it clicked, and it all made sense. And once you understand the systems of this game and how it works, 
in my opinion, that was when my mentality and my attitude toward this game shifted from what in the fuck is this to like this has a mountain of potential. And I still feel like that to this day. I would love to see the system come back in another game much more refined. But the 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 basics of the game But with a play, lot of explanation if you're ever going to use it oh, again. Dude, you like did you explain this better? Without getting into like the specifics of the systems cuz I want to go through them slowly to kind of explain them, but did you understand this game as a kid? Like I'm curious. Like did it make sense? No. Auto junction was just exactly what it did and there, they, I could figure out that yes, I could under. I figured out the points of once my GS learned abilities, I'd get the the HP boost and the mm-hmm. strength boost, and then I, I understood to that. But like I didn't understand. Like I would just auto junction everything. I would just put the common thing in there. Right. I what I didn't realize. Like I didn't look for all like the best combinations and the right. best items to put with. Like it's it's like a puzzle just to play this game. It sometimes. is. It if you, really. It if really you want to play it at the max abilities, so, it's a big puzzle, and there's a lot of like side questing you have to do. Then, yeah, because you have to grind for gill to get certain items to turn to refine them into other items yeah. to refine them into other items, so that you get these these proper these the max stat moves. So, so so okay. So you we've I think we've explained the magic. You draw magic out of people. Every character in the game can stock every spell in the game, and you can stock mm-hmm. up to 100 castings of that spell. So once you've got yep. 100 fire, that's all the fire you can have. And then in theory, you could cast fire 100 times, okay? Now, the next part of the game is that you get these these GFs, which, as Andre mentioned, are they're your summons. And there's, I don't know, fucking 12 or 16 or whatever amount of them in the game. And you can miss a whole bunch of them. Like, they're not, it's like the red material in Final Fantasy VII. You can absolutely, I miss some GFs. Like, you can miss them. But as you find oh, them, easy. You, you, you junction them to a character, which basically means you pair them with a character. So for argument's sake, when you get a hold of the Shiva GF, which the Shiva, so when we say the GF, we mean the Shiva summon. When you get a hold of the Shiva GF, you can then pair it to one of your characters, which is junctioning mm-hmm. it. Once you junction it to a character, you get a couple of things. Number one, you can then summon Shiva during battles, and then Shiva will do like her attack, whatever your that, that character's death. ability yeah. is. The, the, the more, yeah. the far more complex and frankly more important thing that they can do is that they give you the ability to start using magic to upgrade your stats. And what I mean by that in the most basic concept, which again, I don't feel this game does a good job of explaining, is that different different GFs can help you upgrade different stats, okay? So for argument's mm-hmm. sake, and I don't know if this is actually one of the abilities she has, but I'm just using it for the sake of explaining it. Shiva might have the ability to junction magic to your HP, and so what that means is once I pair Shiva to a character, I can then take any, well, not any, but I can take a whole bunch of the, the spells that that character has stocked by drawing them out of enemies and use those spells on my HP. And so what that means is like, let's just say for argument's sake, I have a hundred cures and Shiva lets yep. me pair magic with my HP. I can take those hundred cures put them on my HP and now my HP maybe goes from a thousand hit points to 3000 hit points. And then every time I actually cast a spell of cure, my maximum HP would go down a little bit because I would have 99 cures paired to it or 98 or whatever. 
and yeah, like, it, it's, it actually actively affects your HP. Right, and every it's not time you use magic that magic. And you can, and you, and the thing is, is different GFs will allow you to pair magic to different stats. So not every GF will let you pair magic to every stat, but you can pair magic to your HP. You can pair magic to your strength, your defense, vitality, your luck, your speed, all mm -hmm. of those different things. Okay, and so like Andre said. It's, to me, it's both a great thing and a horrible thing that between you've got six or seven characters to pick from, you've got a dozen or whatever it is, GFs, each GF can do different things and unlock, and the GFs level up just like your characters, and as the GFs level up, they unlock new abilities which might allow you to ma junction magic to different stats, and then each spell that you junction to each stat affects it in a different way, and the more of that spell you have, does like just for argument's sake, equipping 20 life magics to your hp might raise your hp more than equipping 80 cures just for just as an example so it very becomes, much so they're different different ones had the different ability like it surprisingly but it, if nobody nobody explains this to you that, it's so no. hard to figure out that life will be better than cure yeah then quake somehow is better than than a life so like and the I, cool thing uh, is that you can like so let's just say you're you're on squall and you want to junction a spell to his hp so you click mm -hmm. you click that and then you can literally go through every uh, spell that Squall has, and it'll show you, like, you don't actually have to equip it to see how it'll affect your stats. It'll just show you, like, this is what your new HP will be. And you can scroll it'll, through it'll your magic, be, and it'll, it'll show either, you. It'll either show a white number, meaning it's the same. It'll bring up a red number, showing it's being lowered to that number. Or it's going to give you a green number, showing it's going to go higher. Right. And so, so you can actively compare, which is, which helps. But the it's just, it, it's, I really like the concept of it. I think that's a really, really cool oh, idea. Great idea. If I have a criticism-ish of that, uh, it would be that, like, I actually found magic to be not useless, but it's far less in, I found it, I, I was not casting a lot of magic in this game. Because I would well, rather keep the spells and equip them and up my other stats and then just attack instead. Well, the thing is, the, the, how, depending on how you boost it, you can boost your strength and defense and your vitality and luck to a point where you don't need magic. Unless there's, it, it, there's only a, like a, a small amount of enemies in this game that require you to actually use your magic to defeat them. Yeah, like the magic almost becomes more about drawing it and then equipping it. But then this goes back, and I hope that what, how I've explained it makes sense because it was really, really confusing to me at first. And then you can also equip, like, you can equip magic to, like, your attack. So then, you know, if you equip fire to your attack, then you always attack with a fireman element. Or you can equip, you know, fucking yep. fire so, to your defense so, so then you absorb fire at magic and stuff like that, right? Like, the best, I found the, the coolest was, was junction into your defense. So, like, if you knew you were going into an area where... Like say there's going to be multiple. If you know, like, if you know what we're going to early, and you know that there's going to be fire enemies or anything, something's going to be affecting the way. You know what you need to junction for. Yeah. So now if you absorb. Yeah. So now if you're wondering, like, well, then what's the point of grinding? Because you're like, do your characters even level up? Because all your listen, your your characters do level up, um, and their stats <laughs> do go up a little, but the vast vast majority i'm telling you right now without even knowing how all the experts and how the people that know this game inside and out could beat it i promise you most of them would agree that they would rather have a level literally uh, at the at the end of this fucking four disc 40 hour game they would rather have a party that were all level 10 to 15 but had the right magic and the right junctions equipped 
then they would rather have a, a party that's level 99 that's poorly what? equipped. Not only because it would the, the, the level 10 people would be stronger because they'd have the right magic equipped with the right GFs and the right combinations, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But because the enemies in this game level up with your they character. They level scale. Yeah, um, level scaling, which to me, I, I, I can play this game. Like I can... The only thing I need you really need to grind for in this game is if you find the right enemy who you can you want to draw a certain ability from. Right. And some you can just if you can keep yourself alive, you can just keep drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing from them. Yeah, you could have a twenty Others, minute fight against an enemy and not touch the enemy and just have all three of your characters sitting there sucking fucking life magics out of them until they're all filled and, up. And, and you just and you just every few turns you throw a potion at a guy you throw a potion at another one, uh, like honestly just keep your keep item on draw and whatever else you want and you can sit there for you for twenty minutes just drawing yeah from the right enemy. But now I will say because to me that's one of the big criticisms people have pointed at, or thrown at it is that the grinding is 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 useless, which I semi agree with, and I'll get into that. But I will say I would love. To see more RPGs adapt the level scaling mechanic, even if you made it optional, I think ideally that's what it would be. Is it would be something you could turn on or off, maybe even when you start the game, just like how you have to pick a difficulty, or you can turn on permadeath in some games. Because I understand why some people would prefer to play it in classic RPG style, where if you just stick in an area and you grind and you get to a point where your characters are so much stronger than the enemies. You're steamrolling through the game. Some people prefer to play their game that way, and I totally understand that. I loved the idea that, in theory, at any given point, enemies were around the same strength as me. And then it came down, because this game really comes down to how well you can junction and pair magic and do all that kind of stuff. Well, and, and I it, like it, that it, a they're, lot. They're at your strength by level, not by... like if you, if, Again, like you said, you put the right abilities together, you far outclass your level. Oh, totally. Like your yeah. your 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 power far across the If you have the right the right summons equipped with the right abilities with the right magic in, or right mag magic in the right place, like you could be on disc one if you go to the right places and draw from the right enemies, and you could be like ready for the end game dude you could take my party that is right now i have a save file where i'm literally right at the save point before the final boss in the game and you could take my save file and have me play against an expert that's level five and that expert would feed me my lunch because they've junctioned better than me like that is such and that is my that is what really flusters frustrates i don't know what the word is about this game it's the fact that like this this system is the game this system is so critical to the game and i just don't think they do a good job explaining it particularly when you keep in mind that i i promise you a vast majority of the people that sat down to play final fantasy 8 played final fantasy 7 so they're coming mm -hmm. in thinking this game is going to work like final fantasy 7 so i grind 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 get right. to level up and yeah, but it's not it. And then you realize, like, oh, I've grinded my characters up to level 80, but they haven't gotten any stronger because you haven't been worrying about finding magic and finding GFs and junctioning it all together. Now, Andre mentioned one of the options in the game is that you can set it to auto-junction. And then you can basically just tell the game what concept you want to focus on. Like, defense, like, like health. Yeah. And it, it'll pick the best... Uh, 
things to put into the best slots depending on what you want. But to me, that just if seems like a horrible. It, that doesn't seem. That just seems like. I don't know if it necessarily. I don't know if I would say it defeats the purpose of this game, but it kind of does. In a game where they've obviously put so much time and effort into developing this junctioning system between these GFs and your magic and your characters, if you just auto it, you're really. I think, frankly, you're doing well, yourself a disservice. Frankly, it, oh, very much so. Like I'll say this: the way I played when I was a kid using auto junction to way the way I play now, in the first like cup few hours of the game when I'm just when I don't have much obviously I'm going to hit auto junction for attack right for that first cute little bit while I'm working to get my draws get it or get all my magic right but once I'm like seven eight like you're saying seven eight hours into the game you've drawn magic from a good portion of what you want you stocked up that's when you stopped auto you, you hopefully by then you've stopped auto junctioning yeah and you're you're intricately figuring out, but then you have to you spend you can spend an hour or two hours just trying to figure out what's your best option for getting your health, your attack, and your defense, and your luck and vitality all up to max without affecting the other. Yeah, and now this is my uh, this is another and almost, that's a little bit monotonous, dude. Almost everything I have to say about this game is a yin yang where there's a good and a bad because like Andre brings it up. See, like what happens is that. You you only you only ever run a, a party of three characters, you know, classic Final Fantasy. But like at any mm. given time, you can have what like seven, six, seven. I mean, I think for the most part in most of the game, I think you have six people in your party. But I, I mean, we're gonna spoil some stuff, you guys. It's a fucking twenty year old game. But I like, I think it's only six. Yeah, of, of your actual main playable characters. Right. Well, because you get you get the the headmistress or whatever for a little while a day or whatever oh, the sorceress for, but yeah but I, I i don't consider her one of the I, yeah she's yeah, kind of ancillary like you get to use her for a bit but she's not there for most of the right game. now the cool thing and the thing i like about this is like andre said the the customization is is i actually at times really enjoyed because it was so like one of the characters you get in this game is Zell, and he—I actually really like Zell. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I thought Zell was a cool character. He and was he, ridiculous, and he became like my tank in the sense of because we'll get into how you get better weapons and stuff like that in a minute. But I had mm -hmm. I had a really good weapon for him, and then I had a whole. But I had found just the right combination because not only do the GFs come with the abilities to pair magic with certain stats, they also come with like boosts and they come with new abilities. And one of those boosts might be strength up 40%. And that means if I, or, if I have, if yeah, equipped, HP and yeah, HP and HP 20 and 40. And I think, yeah, strength 20 yeah. and 40. And then there's a defense one, I think. too. So, so I had Zell, then, yeah. I had a great weapon equipped on Zell. I had, I, I think it was Ifrit or something, where I had like a plus 40 and a plus 60 or plus 80% strength or whatever. And then I had found a spell called Ultima that I, had, and I'll get into that, where I kept drawing it. And I was equipping that to Zell's strength. And Zell was just a fucking hoss. And I found that incredibly satisfying to just like because i was like i did this i didn't look up any guides i just found magic i experimented and i found a combination that created this fucking super powerful physical attacking character and it's oh. really fun when it works the the issue and again the yin yang to all these systems is first of all andre's right it gets incredibly incredibly monotonous and the second issue is is that for and 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 I think this is fucking ridiculous quite frankly 
the the magic that each character has stays on that character. Now, when you switch characters in your party, like let's just say for argument's sake, I wanted to drop Zell out of my party and I wanted to bring in Sophie, then I, I can do that. And I can even tell it to take all of Zell's junctions and attach them to sell to Sophie. So or whatever her name. I think it was Sophie. Sophie, yeah. Yeah, Sophie. So then I it's don't have to S E L P H I E. Selfie, right. I say Sophie, yeah. So then I do there's some weird names in this game. We could talk about that in a minute. So so I can take Zell out of my party, put Selfie in my party, and then just tell it to take everything that was junctioned on Zell and apply it all to Selfie. So then that'll take all of the the GFs, the summons I had equipped on Zell, drop them onto Selfie, and she'll be set up like Zell. The problem is that the magic sticks per character. So if you want to trade magic amongst everybody or shift magic between everybody, you've got to go into this separate window, go to Selfie, mm-hmm. say exchange magic, find, say, fire. Then I got to fucking pick Zell, go through his, find his fire. Then I can say how much do I want on each person, and you've got to do that over and over. In what world Every it didn't make sense? Goddamn time. Dude, in what world, like... How on earth they did not put an option in place to just have a fucking, just like how you have your items, just have a fucking magic list that I could just take it from. The magic exchange, it should have been, like, the junction exchange, magic should have just automatically been part of that. Right, because, like, like, so... Or given you say, do you want to switch magic? Oh, because I can take all the option to say, because I would be like, yes, I've already maxed this guy out, I have all the magics up with him, get everything Yes, right. I want to switch magic too. I, if you just had that one there, that would have just made that junctioning system and switching the magic it, so much it's easier. It's so infuriating because I found these right combos with Zell where I'm like, this guy's a tank. And you might be just thinking, listening to this and be like, well, the dude, don't take Zell out of your party. But in classic Final Fantasy instance, you hit times where you have to have certain members in your party, blah, 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 blah. So then I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, well, I can't use Zell. I got to use Selfie. So then I take all of Zell's junctions, apply them to Selfie, and I'm like, now in theory, Selfie should be almost as strong as Zell was. But then it turns out Selfie doesn't have any of the magic that fucking Zell had equipped. Or so she's now drawn I got different magics, right? So right. There's different magic, so nothing applies properly. So every time you have to switch your like, I don't know about you, dude, but like I rolled the same party every instance I had. Because I was oh my like, God, it, yes. I only switched when the game made me because it's just so tedious to fucking go back through all Zell's magic, find all the spells that he had, move them over to Selfie, and then, you know what, especially when you're playing the game for the first time, for all I know, the fucking, the the chapter of the game where I have to use, say, Selfie, is fucking 20 minutes, and then it's over, and I can go back to having Zell, but now I gotta shift everything back again, and when I first saw that you could just move your junctions between characters, I was like, oh, well, that's not quite so bad then, because at least it makes it a quick, painless process, but then I, re- once I figured out that you attach magic to all these fucking stats, then I realized, like, oh, I gotta move all their magic around every time, I just... All I would have fucking, I would have paid an extra $10 to just have an items menu of my magic where I could just like, let's just say fire for a simple spell. I could just put draw all and click fire and it would take all of everybody's fire and put it into this list. And then I could just sort it out as I wanted. Oh, that would be so much easier. Why on earth? Like if you're going to make this the focus of your game, make it easy because it is so tedious there was times where i just and again what it really does is because you do you come up with a there's six main characters like andre said there's a couple of fringe characters but you have six focus characters and i rolled the same party of squall zell 
and uh, fucking what is her name? She had the weird name, Quistis. Oh, Quistis. Quistis. Okay, yours differs slightly from me because I was Squall, Zell, and Renoa. Okay, and that, but that's it. Yeah. But you find the three you like, and you just roll them yep. the whole game, and it is so goddamn frust. I don't get why you would make the whole game about pairing magic with these abilities and then make shifting magic between each other so Ugh. shitty. It was just... It literally, for, was, it, was, it, was the part where you come out, this was earlier on, where you're in the missile area, and then you have, because you have to split up. One, two, one team yeah. going, after you get out of the prison, one team goes to the garden, the other team goes to the missile. So you're ha- you, you have to be switching everything back and forth to get, and it's just like, yeah. So like Andre's, you're praying you had enough. You, you draw drew. And the thing is, cause like on that teams, like I wouldn't have, I I rarely have ever played Irving Quistus and, uh, selfie. If I didn't have to play them. Yeah. I I just like the other three characters better. And if you're not drawing with them when you need to draw, it's just like, yeah, there's there's points in the game where you have to split into two parties and the game flips between the two parties and it was just like every time it flipped, I gritted my like I just I could feel my teeth grinding cuz I was like for fuck's sakes, now I got to take, you know, like my say my primary party and we'll get into the characters in a second, but my primary party was Squall, Quistus and and uh Zell. And then I had this other party of Irvine, Renoa, and Selfie. And every time mm-hmm. I had to switch between the two parties, I had to take the three junctions on one party, move the three to the other. And that's easy enough with that switching menu, but none uh, of the magic shifts over. Simple. And Super I simple. Yeah. But then I don't have enough magic to leave all six characters equipped with a mountain of magic. So I have to go into each character, figure out what music, what, 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 what magic I'm moving. And it just... Oh, I just was like, and and so like, I, I, for a lot of you that are throwing shade at the game, this is probably a big part of the reason you're throwing shade at the game. I agree with you in the sense that it is ridiculously tedious and complicated and stupid, but I disagree with you in the sense that I really, really like the concept of this system. It just oh, needed if, to be made simpler to use. If, if, if it would have been explained properly and... You know, have just being able to exchange magic and exchange certain things easier, and actually taught you how to use the junction system in the game, prop yeah. like actually properly. I, honestly, this is this is a wonderful system. I really like if it. you know how to use it. Now the one it's just monotonous to get everything to a point. Yeah, and if, especially if you're if you're switching. Now, one thing I actually love about this system is that first of all, it does eliminate grinding, which I know some people hate, some people love, but we've already explained. Grinding does practically nothing. 90% of this game is about the right junctions of magic with GMs mm-hmm. with characters. Now, what I will say that I love... You can end you can win, end the game at level, like, 25. Right, yeah. Or even lower. Some, technically, I've heard of people finishing the game at, like, level 10. Yeah, I got, like, to I, the, I got to the end of the game, and I think... Like, obviously, Squall is the main character, so he's always in your party. So he's my highest character. But I don't even think Squall's at level 30. Like, I got to the end of the game under level 30. Yeah. Um, now, one thing I love need, about that—you don't need to get high, high, high levels, which is—it's very different. It, it, it's a, it's a very different outlook on Final Fantasy from everything. This game for seven games had been all about grinding, yeah. get yourself stronger, grinding, and to turn it on a head and not to explain it properly, I think is is a slight against it. Oh, it's huge! But what I love about it is the fact that, like, one of my 
I don't want to say one of my major criticisms, but almost my only criticism of Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy III, whatever, on the SNES, is that I'm the type of person that doesn't like to see members of my team get like, get under-leveled and get left behind. Like, I'm constantly oh switching God. characters in and out to get everyone leveled up to keep everybody strong. What I love, and this is maybe one of my favorite things about this game, is that that was not even a, that was not even a factor. Because Don't outside of... I get annoyed by the it not leveling people that aren't in your party. That bothers me just a little bit as being a Final, as a final Fantasy fan. Right. But then when you think about it, it's like... I don't need to because I can no. junction him to the right point this, and I don't this, need to worry about it. In this game, a, a character's level means almost nothing outside of a couple of minor things. I was like, dude, I it love gives, the fact that I don't have to worry about it. It minor base boost. Yeah. But very minor base boost. So I love that. You can pretty well, like I said, in like, and, and Andre said the same. Andre ran you know, Squall, Zell, and Renoa. I ran Squall, Zell, and, and Quistus. And that was my character for the whole, my, my party for nine tenths of the game. And I was like, this is mm-hmm. so nice to know that if I ever, you know, when, when a side story comes up where I have to control, say, a selfie, then it really is just, it's it's a tedious process of equipping the right magic to level her up. But that's all I have to do and then she's leveled up. But I don't have to worry about the, the fact that she's that much, too that weak. much easier to deal with. Yeah. So I loved that about it. Um, yep. Now I think... I, I, that- for that, yeah, the switch back and forth. Once you do it, once you get through the monotony of switching, it makes the game so much easier to play that way. Yeah, so that I really enjoyed that. Um, I think that that basically covers the the pre- Like, dude, there's so like so there's so many extra things, you guys. You can do stuff like some of your GFs as they as they level up because they get AP at the end of battles, which is basically like their experience points. And as mm-hmm. they level up, they unlock more attributes. And those attributes can be things like now you can junction magic to your HP. Now you can junction magic to your strength. They can be things like stat boosters, like strength plus 20% or whatever. They can be things like additional commands that you can use in battle. Like like one of the commands you can get is card. And we'll get into the card game mm-hmm. in a minute. But if oh, you equip... you can draw a card and turn people into cards. Yeah, oh. if, you, if you equip the card ability to a character, it's like in a lot of Final Fantasy games, there's a thief character that'll have the steal command where they can steal from enemies. If you equip the card command to one of your characters, if they use that on an enemy, they can attempt to turn them into a card for the other mini game in the game which again we'll get into that in just a minute so like there's all <laughs> kinds of card games yeah <laughs> there, so there's tons of little ways that you can power up your your gfs and make them unique and i really really liked that as well it's and then there's there's other abilities like you can unlock the ability for, and i know this might sound complicated it fucking is you can unlock the ability through a gf to level up low uh, tier magic to middle tier magic. You can unlock the mm-hmm. so you can take five fire spells and make them into one fire, which is like fire two. You can unlock oh. the ability to take items and turn them into oh. magic. You can unlock now the ability this- to take cards and turn them into items. There's so well, much and, and customization. You turn items into other items into boosters where you I think it starts with like the giant armlet, you get the guy armlet, and then it gets you like an HP plus one. Yeah. Or HP times whatever, and if you have a certain boosted in, you can get your HP like maxed out. It's a it's a it's a borderline like almost unfathomable amount of different combat because like it's these combinations come come down to like well I have a certain GF with that certain GF because you don't even get them all like you can miss a whole bunch of these things. But mm. let's just say you I have a certain GF that gives me the ability to turn certain cards 
into certain items. Okay. So then what I have to do is I have to find this. And then I, and then I happen to find this card somewhere in the overworld of the game. Then I happen to have the GF that can turn that card into an item. Then I happen to have another GF that can turn that item into magic. Mm -hmm. And then I can equip that magic to another GF. Like it's, and if it seems really complex, it is, but I, but it's I, awesome. I like, it, I like more of so, it than I hate. It can be so like good for your game that way. There's a, a lot of depth and a lot of customization in this game. And that, I don't think for those of you that are criticizing that aspect of the game, I think that just comes down to a personal preference. Uh, I, I really liked the idea of it. I, I thought it was, as I started to figure out all the different things that I could do, I was like, this is pretty funky, man. There's, and the other thing I actually really like about this game, Andre, is that, uh, one of the things I actually don't like a lot about a lot of, not just Final Fantasies, but role-playing games is every time I come across a new town, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Cause now I have to go through the process of going to the armor store and the weapon store, figuring out how much I got to spend on all the new gear how am I going to be able to afford it? What can I sell? What upgrades are yeah. best? I don't. I don't enjoy re-equipping my party every time I reach a new town. Like that's just something yeah. I I personally dread in most RPGs. And in this game, the only thing you equip gear wise is your weapon. That's it. Yep. No armor. None of that. That's all based <laughs> on your junction. Exactly. And the weapons you don't buy new weapons as you. And this is I actually don't like this. But as you go through the game, you can find these like weapon magazines that explain the parts you need to build better weapons. And then when you go to towns, you can go to like a, a, a I don't even know what it's called, but basically like a, the equivalent of a weapon store. And then any blueprint that you've read in one of these magazines will show up as an option for the character. Then you just have if to have, have the, the parts. parts. You can build it. And I and I, I I found the part thing a little bit irritating because I'd be like, okay, I have six characters. I want to upgrade three of their weapons. Their weapons need this, this, and this. So then I'd be like, okay, I'm missing, just for argument's sake, I'm missing two screws and a knife for Zell's upgrade. So now I have to go into the ability to turn all of my uh, cards into items, then flip through my cards and be like, are any of these cards the two pieces of equipment i need to upgrade my weapon do you know what like i like the concept i just wish they had made it a little easier to see what you need to upgrade everything i, yeah, I wish that there had been something just be there. a pain sometimes it, finding the pieces to get them can be a pain but once you did you just got so much more satisfying with just having the ability to upgrade everything yeah and but like again uh, it doesn't actually the your weapons are good don't get me wrong but like if you look at like the stat boost from what you get from the, your basic to your strongest, it's not that huge. No, you get more of a boost from equipping the right magic than yeah. you do from the right magic pairings reality, and stuff than you, you do from buying the new game weapons. With your basic weapons, yeah. if you have the right boost. Yeah. So I loved that because I really despise having to go through everyone's gear every time I get into a town, and it was so nice to just be like, I don't even give a fuck until I have the gear to buy to, to upgrade my weapon. I don't have to fucking worry about this. That's really nice. Oh yeah. So I liked that. Um, dude, this is going to be a long podcast. So, <laughs> so okay, so the, the two major things that are left sticking out to me that we've got to talk about are the, the characters in the story and, yeah. the, and the card game. Uh, I have a lot the of... card game. I have a ton of good stuff to say about the card game. I have maybe a little more bad than good to say about the story. So let's, let's, yeah. let's do the story so that we can end on happiness. How about that? Oh, very much so. 
So sure, I'm down. I'm down. So if you've never played this game at its basic core, you control Squall and then some other people. Squall is the cloud. Like Squall is the main character of this game. And Squall is the, the emo, the emo cloud. Yeah, he the cloud's already an emo. Yeah, he's incredible. And basically, what he is is he he's like he's in training at this place called a garden, and he's in training to become a, a seed. And what seeds are are basically, for lack of a better term, mercenaries. Like anyone mm-hmm. in the in the in the world can hire the seeds, and then these gardens will send out these these soldiers that are the seeds to these towns, and then you'll basically help these towns do whatever problem that they have. That's the am I fair enough in saying that's the most basic like boiled down to like the most. That's how you. That's essentially you're 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 being trained as a militia, like essentially a militia or military. And you're going to be a pri- essentially be able to use to, to to help people out. Yeah. Yeah. So Squall is the main character, and early uh, we are going to spoil some of the story here. Just be it's an old game. Be prepared. Squall uh, very early on in the game becomes a, a seed. Now there's mm-hmm. also Selfie and there's also Zell who are just classmates of yours who also become seeds. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's also, and here's the thing, dude, some of these names in this game are so weird. And because there's no yeah. actual audio in the game, like quit, is it Quistus? Quistus? I, I was called it Quistus. Quistus. It's Q U I S T I S. So Quistus, Quistus is an instructor who I actually thought like early on in the game, I got the impression that she was like a cougar. That was like really into Squall, but she was like a, you know what I mean. But then but it turns I, out that that's like what you get, yes, that's, I, I, that's what I, that's what I thought too. Like she looks like an older, like she looks like a kind of like a stripper, like a teacher stripper. Like that's kind of what she <laughs> looks like. But so then she she joins your team very quickly, um, and then a little bit later on in the game, you uh, you find Renoa, who is a uh, a young girl. She she's not like a princess or anything, right? She's just like the leader of like a rebellion or something. Well, she she's yeah, she's the daughter of like a diplomat or something. That's right. Yes, it, but it, she's also leads was it? Oh, I can't remember the name of the team now. Yeah, but uh. she, she leads a resistance, and so that's how she meets Squall and friends. Is that she hires the seeds to come help her take down uh, this sorceress. Yes. She leaves the forest owls. That's right. it. That's so she, <laughs> so she's not a seed. She joins your group, but she is not a seed. She re, she re hires you guys to help her, and then yeah. she ends up joining the team. And she like has a crush on Squall and blah 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 blah. And then finally, there's Irvine, uh, who's like a, a like a sharpshooter. And like again, I actually don't want to spoil the entire game because maybe this will turn some people onto playing it. But but the basically the first disc. The majority of the story consists of uh, the this sorceress, sorceress Adia, 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 The sorceress Adia uh, has basically like become the new like queen of this land. She's like the boss, and they and uh, Renoa uh, and that uh, her dad, uh, who is like a high ranking military official who's supposed to be aligned with this sorceress, is actually working on a plan to assassinate this sorceress. Mm-hmm. And so you, your team gets hired by Renoa. Renoa joins your team. Then you get this dude Irvine, who's like from a different garden. He's also been training to be a seed, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, he's he like, is. and he's like a sharpshooter. And so he joins your team. And the basically the game starts out with this. It starts out slower than this, but by the end of the first disc, the six of you are working together to try to kill this sorceress. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, uh, sorry, that's my other line. I am going to decline that. It's my mom. She won't even listen to this. She won't know I declined it. So that is the, <laughs> that's the basic concept of these six characters. Okay. Now we are going to spoil some aspects of the story because I have some really big problems with some aspects of the story. And my first problem with this is, and correct me if you've got any opinions, I'm interested to know. I oh, frankly much. think all six of these characters suck. I'm not outside of Zell, who I I love him for just how he's he's the he's the wacky comedy of the group. Yeah, he's kind of the lighthearted guy. Yeah, but generally as a team, this whole team is is probably one of the worst teams in any Final Fantasy game. It's horrible. Selfie, selfie is this like little girl who's from this town that got attacked, and that's why she went out to become a siege so she could like avenge her town or something. I don't know. Irvine, nobody even knows. He's a sharpshooter who's actually a chicken shit who won't shoot anybody. He sucks. Yeah. Zell is kind of like the Michelangelo of the group, but he was like a wiener as a kid, but then he became like this fist fighter. Squall and Renoa, everyone talks about what a great love story it is. This is my first really big problem with this fucking game. Everyone's like, oh, this story is a story about love. This game is a story about the love between Squall and Renoa. Renoa spends two-thirds of the game chasing Squall, and Squall is a cunt and refuses to talk yeah. to anybody he's just like he's oh i'm shut in and he's like and it turns out he's like he's oh i'm shut in yeah i'm shut in because i've lost everyone important in my life but i was like then why is squall in love with him and then or why is Renault in love with him and then all of a sudden about two-thirds of the way through the game the switch flips and then squall realizes oh i actually love her very much and i was like this is so stupid are you fucking kidding uh, me this isn't it, love it, it, it's high school it's it, it's literally high school like relationship it was it was days of our lives it was fucking horrible Uh, horrible it was like watching one tree hill i said Uh, i wasn't i said i wasn't gonna spoil anything but we're gonna spoil things later in the game you find out they all knew each other as children and all forgot what the fuck that okay this that is where the game goes just turns for me and i go fuck this <laughs> it was so, that like, was the moment building. that was the uh. moment the story lost me. It turned out Squall, Zell, Selfie, Irvine, Quistus, or whatever the fuck his name is, were all little kids that all grew up under the tutelage of the sorceress they have to kill at the beginning of the game, and none of them fucking remember. And then all yeah, of a sudden they, all were they like remember. Mind, were hit with like some mind erasing thing or something i don't know if they had just you know what and my buddy and i were texting about it and he was like he was like i don't want to spoil it he didn't spoil anything for me he waited till he knew that i was past that point and then he was like how the fuck does that make sense and i said it doesn't and by the end of this game it had better come out that the fucking main main boss sorceress thing whatever the fuck it is like washed everyone's minds out or there's something in the air or the water or something but if i'm not mistaken they never go into detail as to why all these people knew each other's kids and don't remember so so i just assume especially with renoa that her dad isn't actually her dad because obviously she grew up in an orphanage so this dude adopted her after they got their minds wiped It makes no, like, listen, I'm trying to explain the story to you guys, but I don't fucking understand the story. And then you keep going into these flashbacks because there's this girl with another weird name, Alone. Alone. Okay, to this point, the flashback storylines 
I I I liked. I hated it. I, I the, oh. the it what it, how it connects to the main line. I think was okay. By the, okay. These ones didn't bother me as much as the stupid ass main storyline. By the end, it kind of made sense. But you spend the first two thirds of the game randomly, your characters just like pass out, and then you play as three other characters who have all your magic and everything. But they're these three um, other characters. Heroes, Ward, and Laguna, L- Laguna. right? Laguna. And then you find yeah. out that there's this girl named Elone who has this psychic ability to send you back to these other people's memories, and then you're controlling them through their time or something. But, but yet they have your junctions. But then, you, yeah, but then you find out that Elone <laughs> is like a sister to Squall that Squall kept saying he missed because he was little. I just... I'm sorry. This is the worst story in a Final Fantasy game that I've played. Oh, the worst. The and then the, at the end of it, 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 uh, it, it it's the twist. Uh, Laguna, it's implied he's Squall's dad. Yeah. But you don't know. It doesn't give you a for sure. I hated it. I hated it. it. Ugh, and then what that finally the piss out of me. I mean, that, I get, like that story. I know we've spoiled some stuff. So there's this other character we haven't even talked about yet. Is it, how do you say it? Seifer? I say Seifer. Okay. So but again, I could be wrong. It's what just, the fuck? Just, just name them all fucking normal names. You don't have to invent <laughs> words that no one knows how to say, especially in old games where there's no way. Look, Steiner. That's easy to say. VV easy. is easy to there say. Is, there was already a Scott Steiner in the world anyways. But so. like, ah, oh, fuck you. So anyway, there's this guy named fucking Seifer, Cypher, whatever. And he's like Squall's um, rival his, at the his, seed at the yeah, beginning. They, 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 they fought each other. They were, they were rivals throughout the seed academy. Yeah. And then, and then after your final mission happens to, to make you seeds, this is all in the first like hour of the game. Uh, Squall yeah. gets promoted and becomes a seed and Cipher Cipher doesn't. And then he ends up getting really mad. And then he ends up, I don't know if he's brainwashed. I think he's brainwashed by the sorceress. And then he gets brainwashed by another sorceress. Yeah. And then, an- and he just keeps showing up. But it just, I'm got to be honest with you guys. I, I find aspects of Final Fantasy VII's storyline confusing. I think it was lost in translation as far as the whole Zack history. Oh, I won't get into that. The whole storyline of this one. But the, the storyline of this is awful. It is fucking horrible. And that was the one thing everyone kept telling me. is like, it's a story of love. I'm sorry. No, it just friends. It's the fucking rom-com. No, just friends. The rom-com with uh, Amy Smart and Ryan Reynolds. That's a love story. <laughs> this is yeah, not is. a love story. This is horrible. I hated it. The only thing that kept me going in this game was that I really did like the drawing magic, equipping magic, GM. I love the concept behind it. But I not only gameplay throughout. It's fun to play through these battles and all this stuff. But it's just a slog. Like especially sitting through these cuts. Like that's not cutting so much. But like these, like just these dialogue scenes. I hate you. Don't want like like now. Like I've been playing this game for so many years, I just I just because I know what's going on in these scenes. I hate it. But for I, a guy I like it. you who's playing for the first time, you don't want to skip it all because you want to try to understand what's going on in this game. Oh. But then you 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 listen, you learn, and you're like, what? The sto- so the story made sense to me until the flashback where they were all kids, and that was when I was kind of like, this is fucking dumb. And then it just got worse yeah, and worse, it, it, and it, I hated it. The, it. I hated story it. up until that point. Is literally a story about a bunch of people trying to take down the sorceress because she's evil and trying to take over the world. And the other problem, 
easy storyline. Yeah, and then the other problem with the story in this game is that, like, I got to be honest with you guys, there's, I don't think there's a character on the team you're cheering for. Like, I gotta be like, I'll give you my quote. Like, I think Squall is an asshole. I think Safer's an asshole. I think Renoa is a ditz who falls in love with an asshole and then follows him around. Selfie's just a little dummy that is there for some fucking reason. Irvine's a sharpshooter that can't shoot and brings nothing to the team. Zell is the only character that's even remotely entertaining, and that's only because it looks like as a little kid he was a wiener and then he learned how to fight as he got older, and now he's kind of like a Michelangelo of the group and is always the most entertaining person in the game. But there's not one character on your team in this that you're cheering for or like oh i'm happy for that per-. like not one horrible that, like, cast Zell is, the, is the closest you come but he's still kind of like you're still kind of like you still associate with these people so i can't cheer for you like the, the the final fantasy games i know best are four six seven nine and this one now and four six yep. seven and nine obviously they all have a couple of duds as far as the rosters go but I really like most of the characters and the story is cool and it makes mm-hmm. it. I, I was like, I, th- you tried to do way too much with this story. Like this story could have been a simple fact of these guys are seeds. The seeds job is to do whatever they're hired to do. This Renoa girl comes along and hires them to help her do something. Then they discover this much bigger mission and then they set out to stop the bigger thing. That is all this story had to be. That and then you sounds- could have... And you could have just had Squall and Renoa slowly falling in love as the story progressed. That is all you had to do. That is yeah, it. But you don't need all the extra filler of and, oh, they're all friends. If if this if they would have never said they were they all were t- brainwashed weirdos that were friends together, and it just and then you get the implication that that Laguna is Squall's father at the end. I think it would have been fine. And that's part of the problem too. And this is, this goes literally, I feel like I've said this a hundred times. You, you took something that was, I love the junctioning system. I love the drawing system. I love, I like every single thing this game does in its core, but then they just pile. It's like you had a really good hamburger and you put way too much on it. And now I can't even taste the hamburger that was in there. I know it was good. But it's covered in all this other stuff I don't want. And it they just mm-hmm. overcomplicated everything. And I just I so I'm at, just to give you all an idea, I'm at the final, final boss of the game. I've probably lost about a dozen times. And I, I don't think my characters are in good enough shape to win. And I don't have any interest in going back into the world and looking for magic and level. I just don't care. Okay. I looked up the ending and I'm done. But the reason I don't care is because I'm not attached to the story at all. If this was Final Fantasy 4 and I'm at the very end of the game and it turns out I'm not quite powerful enough to end it I care enough about these characters in this story that I'm going Mm -hmm. back out and grinding until I'm strong enough to end it so that I can beat it I don't really give a fuck if Squall and friends save the world and Squall and Renoa fall in love and make I don't I hope they all die because this story sucks So, and anyone listening to this that is like, well, you just don't understand the story. No, and that's the problem with this game is I don't understand two-thirds of what's fucking happening. And it's just way more fucking complex than it has to be. And there's not one... It didn't one, have to have all these twists and turns. And there's it not, really didn't need to be there. No, and there's just not a character to cheer for. If anything, I'm kind of cheering for Seifer. Because I feel bad for that fucking guy because he can't become a seed. He's clearly insecure. He's probably shortchanged downstairs, which is why he's got small dick syndrome. He's like, he'd have a truck with fucking truck nuts hanging off of it that was jacked up eight feet if he could. That's who he is. 
and he just keeps getting yep. fucked over by everyone that he works for. I he, I feel bad for him. But I just yeah, he kind of he is a sympathetic character throughout all of this. I, I never really thought about that. I really, <laughs> really just fucking didn't like the story in this game. And I kept waiting for well, I, something I, to I happen. I like the story up to a point. Well, That's like, the thing is, I, it, it, the story is good until you get to the point of they start fucking with, like, oh, they're all action crazy. It's like, I, like yes, the, the, the character isn't the greatest, but at least it had a decent story. Yeah, I kept waiting. To a, to a point. I kept waiting for something to happen to make me like Squall. Like, I was like, okay, I get that. So, because I start to understand, I'm like, okay, the reason he's so withdrawn and he keeps all his emotions in and everything is because, you know, he got fucked over as a kid and then Elon ran or whatever, sis ran out on him and he's he's worried about getting attached to anyone because he's afraid he'll lose them again. I get that. But what pisses me off is like they kept showing what he was thinking and then he would actually say like next to nothing and everyone would be like, dude, quit being a dick. Like, tell us what you think. But it was like, <laughs> he never once thinks like, man, she's cute. Man, yeah. I really like Renoa. And then all all of a sudden he's like oh my god i might lose her and i love her and i was like where the fuck did this come from i've been reading your mind the whole game yeah like i just just such an unlikable character i didn't like this story in final fantasy 15 very much but i really really liked the four care the, the main four protagonists and the oh, and the and the, and the relationship between them care about yeah i just didn't find myself giving a shit about any of these characters none of them no you really don't is there anything else you can think of? I can't think of anything else about the fucking story other than I hate it. Uh, the only thing I think, because you're saying you don't know why they're, I think it was alone. Didn't she like wipe their minds? Was keeping their minds wiped or something? I don't know. But the I fact that the, I think it was it was the fact that his sister did it. That's what she was the one that wiped their minds to protect them or something from uh, Ultima Seer or whatever the bad guy was. I don't know. And if they fucking explain yeah. that, I don't know where. Like I don't remember it. I just that's yeah. just from me researching it later on. And there's my problem. And I I will bitch about any game for that. If I have to do outside reading to fucking okay, right here. Um, I'm reading this off the Wikipedia page. Uh, Squall confronts his personal anxieties fueled by on fueled by ongoing developments such as Headmaster Sid appointing him as Seed's new leader and his increasing attraction to Renoa, which they never fucking talk about. Then it says Squall no. and his comrades learned that they, along with Seifer and Alone, were all raised except for or, or, except for okay, Renoa, so Renoa in an orphanage run by Adea. Eventually, yeah. d after after eventual separation, they later developed amnesia due to their use of guardian forces. Okay, so Suck it's not even my alone, balls. Then. That's so guardian awful. forces give you amnesia. Awful. Okay. Awful. Awful. <laughs> awful. Zero out of ten. I could okay, write a better so story than this in an hour. The problem I have with the amnesia thing is okay. So Squall eventually goes to Balam Garden and starts using guardian forces, whereas Zell is, and so is Selfie, so is Christus. Okay, you're using these guardian forces, but when they first showed up there, in reality, they shouldn't have been wouldn't have been using guardian forces before that, right? No, exactly. So <laughs> when they got to the school, wouldn't they have known each other and said, "Hey, man, we used to grow up together." Why put that in there at all? Like that's just uh, that is like that's the topping on the pizza you don't need. There was no you reason for that amnesia that to be there. Higher damn section. Why couldn't like, they have all just known each other? And we know they all knew each other. Who cares? That could have been. That's fine. You didn't have to have the amnesia part. It's like it. okay, they, it was, they could reveal that they were all in a. They were all in like a 
we're, tra- we're raised together as children. Okay, that gives me more to the point of him and Zell being friends. But the thing is, then you have the selfie show up and everything. You're like, okay, but you can say re- because if he didn't have the amnesia part of it, selfie showing up. Yeah, they forgot who she was when she moved away. I hated it. Like same with Irvine, they, he moved away. Like you could have, you could have done it if you hadn't had the amnesia and they all forgot part of it. There's literally nothing you guys can say to me to convince me that that adds to the story. Nothing. I just hate it. I hate it. Um, mm. it it's it's dumb. And quite frankly, had I not been having as much fun with the. Uh, junctioning system and with triple triad, which we're going to get to in a second, I probably <laughs> would have stopped playing this and just been like, no, that's what happened to me with Final Fantasy 15. I, I probably put 20 hours in that game and I was like, this story sucks. And I was like, I like these characters, but I'm done with this. Uh, like to me, I don't know how everybody else feels when I play, like when I play Mario or fucking three quarters of the video games that I enjoy and I play, I don't even really give a fuck what the story is. I just want to play a fun video game. When I play an RPG, you had better have a fun story because it's just, they're not that fun to play without a story behind them. They're just not. And at least not in my opinion, I don't enjoy them without a good story. And this game had no fucking, this, ugh. I'm done. I'm not ranting about it anymore. I'm glad that we didn't end the show on that because I fucking hated it. Um, but now we can 180 yeah. from that and this will be the last segment of the show for everything the fucking story does wrong the mini triple game triad. in this does right triple triad uh, is awesome awesome I, okay the one good thing overarching through these games when they have them in the game is the card games like the card game in nine is wonderful yeah it is card game in this one wonderful so if you've never played this game, it's got like, and I know a lot of future, like, I mean, like, just, I know Final Fantasy X had Blitzball, which is, uh, eventually we're going to do a Final Fantasy X episode of this, and I'm telling you all right now, I think Blitzball is fucking incredible, and it should have its own game, but we'll do that on the Final Fantasy X episode. This game's yeah. got Triple Triad, and you learn how to play it very early, and in the very early going, I was like, I, this is fucking, I don't get it, this sucks. But all you have to do is just take a little bit of time to learn how it works, and then you're like, oh, dude, this is fucking rad. And so if you've never played this game, the Triple Triad is completely optional, too. You don't have to play it. It's just, it's, nope. it's rad. What happens is you challenge someone, you can, cha- you can, basically everyone you come across in the game, you push square. And you, if if they'll play the game with you, then they'll be like, oh, you want to have a game of cards? Not everyone will play. But over half, I think, of the people will. Oh, yeah. So many people. And then the basic concept of the game is as you play, you pick up new cards, and each card has four sides to it, right? Like a, a card. And each of those four sides has a number assigned to it between one and an ace, which is ten. So one to ten. And each yeah. and then all that happens is you sit down, you you play against your opponent, and you each have five cards, and there's a three by three grid on the table, and then it randomly decides who goes first, and then whoever goes first places a card, and now that card, let's just for argument's sake, let's say the card has four fours on it. Every side of that card is a four. Then that means if I put a card against your card, either on top of it, below it, to the right or to the left, like touching it. If the number on my card is higher than the number on your card, I flip your card. Then you go. Then I go. And we fill in the nine spaces. And at the end of the game, whoever has more cards their color wins. That's the it's very, very basic premise of the game. And it but then yeah. it but then like you add in all these different factors like you there's 
we'll get into it like the same thing, the plus thing, elements, random, so on and so forth. It really does mm-hmm. get complex as the game goes on. But once you figure out the basics of it, I just found it to be really fun to play. And every time you beat somebody, you get to take at least one of their cards. And then part of the mini game and part of the game of this game is going through finding the higher level players, finding the really high end cards that they have, and then trying to beat them because they get progressively more difficult to play and trying oh, to beat them so. to be able to take those cards without losing yours. And for the first few little, little for the first while I was playing it, every time I lost, I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. And I would reset my game because I was like, well, I just lost my best card. Because if they beat you, they're obviously going to take the best card you have. But then I realized yeah. that if they do take your card, you can keep playing them and eventually they'll use your card. And then you can, win, you can it back. win it back. Yeah. Yep. Um, dude, I fucking loved this game so much, oh, Andre. Fuck. It's just a fun little side thing, and it's like you can literally sit there for a few couple hours just playing through people and just winning these come out all these cards. Yeah, I would have been done the game ten hours earlier if I hadn't spent as much time as I did playing triple triad and every time you find oh, dude yeah. and i'm telling you guys if you've never played this before if you ever decide to play final fantasy 8 like literally you'll get into situations where you're, they're like oh my god they're about to do this and so and so is gonna die and we have to go right now and then it'll like end the cutscene and give you back control of your characters and then chances you are cards. you can chart you can challenge the person who just said you've got 20 minutes to go save the world you can probably charge them challenge them to a game of triple triad yep. and they might have a really good car- it gets dude the the feeling of ex- like so the first really good card I got was Renoa's because most of the main characters yeah. have cards in the game and uh mm-hmm. when I found Ren- when I uh I don't I won't spoil how to get it but you talk to a character who implies they have Renoa's card but you've got to do something to get them to put that card in play and that's all I'll say so I don't spoil it for you um yeah. but but I I figured it out on my own I didn't have to google it and the first time that person dropped Renoa's card on the table and I saw that it had aces on two of the four sides i was like i don't have another card this strong and i was like oh my god and that was the moment where it really hooked me and then everywhere i went in the game i was playing triple triad against everyone i could and it starts out super basic and then as the game goes on they start to add in all these little extra like one of the things is elementals and some cards have like fire or earth or lightning powers to them and then the yeah. the, the, the the three by three grid will have random like a, a fire space and a lightning space and if you drop a card on that space that has that element, all four sides of the card get more powerful. And if it doesn't have that element, all four sides of the card go less powerful. Uh, yeah, you like lose one for it. Yeah, or you gain one for it. Yeah. Uh, so that was awesome. What I and then there's there's modes like same and plus. And what same is is if you drop a card that is touching at least two cards. So like I could put a card. Say I put a card in the in the in the middle right space of the three by three grid and there's a card mm-hmm. above it and a card below it if my numbers match the 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 numbers they're touching on those cards then instead of it just being a stalemate and i don't flip anything i flip both of them and then you can unlock combos because i flip both of them now maybe that takes out the card it's touching on the left or the right or whatever and it's it gets really complex man it gets you really can, difficult you can hit for multiple cards in one turn mm-hmm. it gets yeah. really difficult and you can't see what cards your opponent has 
So but you never you, know what they're going to drop. When hits a combo and like takes like four of your cards in one shot, Ugh. you just want to scream. You're like, no. Yeah, and like for the longest time, I would reset. your best cards. Yeah, I would reset. Oh. oh, dude. Because it can also add in stuff like, well, instead of them picking one card, they get to pick a card for every card they beat you by. So if they beat you eight to two, they get to take all of your cards. You know, or oh. or there's other modes where both both players keep whatever cards they've flipped by the end of the game. So you might win, but if that guy flipped your one really powerful card, he gets your one card. Like it's, and then you get you might have flipped one of his shitty ones, and you get a shitty card for your students for your good ones. So yeah, you go back and fight this guy all over again. And now the only the only rule I didn't like, and I grew to to tolerate it, was there's a rule called random. And what that does is instead of you, cause you, you dude, you can literally have hundreds of these fucking cards in your hand or in your deck, but you pick five to go into to the game with. And if you, if you get challenged or if you play somebody with the random rule and you don't pick the rules, like the rules are the rules. If you get, but I'll get into that in a minute. Cause there's my one, always a yin yang with shit in this game. If you yeah. challenge to someone into a game and it's random, you literally just get five cards out of your deck. And yeah. for a long time, I hated that. And if I saw random, I was like, well, I'm not playing because I'm getting my ass kicked. But then later on in the game, and this goes back to what we were talking about an hour ago with the junction abilities, once you unlock the ability to turn cards into items, I don't know about you, Andre, outside of about my top 12 to 15 like most powerful cards, I was turning you everything I could into you items. Constantly, you constantly switch them out because... Amount of items and ability, like and the items you could change them into, and then eventually to get into to start ability, like you, items and stuff, so you can start junctioning things properly. Yeah. Oh my god. And and the thing is, is I was like, I was sick of playing random matches and getting stuck with all my duds that had like three one one two on the sides instead of ace ace eight nine. So then I was like, yeah, well, if so- I just that was actually why I started junctioning cards because I was like, well, if I get rid of a whole, if I turn a bunch of these cards into items. I won't have to use them when I play Triple yep. Triad. Because they're not on your deck anymore, so all you have is good stuff available. Your worst, your the worst, your lowest cards maybe a six to seven level card. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where it's got like a four, a four or five, six or seven or an eight around it. The lowest it is is a four. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're you're getting rid of those one to level one to five cards. But then, but then closer to the end of the game, I really started to realize that like. Dude, if you're playing somebody, it's one thing if you're not playing with those same and plus rules. If it literally is a game of war where just the higher number wins, that's different. But once you start, oh, right, because I never explained plus. So same as if two sides of your card match up against two other cards with the exact same numbers, you flip both of them. Plus yeah. is when you match up against two two other cards and the and your side and their side add up to the same number. So for argument's sake, if I put a card down and it has a one on top and a one on the left, and the card above it has a three facing me, and a card beside me has a three facing me, so both of them add up to four, I flip both of those cards. And Mm -hmm. once I figured out the plus rule, then I was like, well, now I don't even mind using the cards with little numbers on them because I was playing more to hit the big combos and land the pluses than I was to just play war and flip cards with big numbers. And uh, it's a really complex game. But once you start to learn those little intricacies, playing with little shitty cards could sometimes be just as effective. You just have to pick your spots oh, and play them right. But some, and sometimes it was difficult with those little cards. If you oh, didn't it was. have the right combos, you're like, I'm screwed. Yeah, but, but, but at the same time, if I went into a match and all I had was little cards, then I was like, I don't really care if I lose either because then they're just going to take these little cards yeah. that I don't really want anyway. 
Um, That's true, yeah. But the random thing is a bit of a pain in the ass. And then the other thing, and again, this is the yin-yang. This is my negative to this game. Each region of the game has different rules. And as you go to different places, you challenge people to games of triple triad. And then they were like, well, let's play with some of your rules and some of my rules. And then it combines rules and then it changes all the fucking rules around the game and it adds different things. Yeah. And, and I it looked can up, really kind of screw you up. Oh, and I looked up forever. Cause all I wanted to do was get rid of random for the longest time. And I was like, how do I get rid of this stupid random mechanic? And then I realized like, dude, there is a way, but you have to go through like 12 steps. But then I read another guy that posted about it on Reddit and he's like, dude, random is fine. You just have to learn how to play with that same and that plus rule because then you can use little cards and still win. And once I figured that out, I was like, dude, I don't even care about random anymore because it's all about the strategy of landing combos and stuff like that. It's, uh, I fucking loved Triple Triad. It was legitimately my favorite part of Final Fantasy VIII was the card game. So much fun. It's probably one of the best parts, yeah. Uh. Yeah, and then and then at the very end of the game, so I got to the final boss, I got my ass beat, and then I was like, "Fuck, I don't want to go back out into the real world and like, or the overworld and, and not the real world. I never want to go to the real world. I don't want to go back out to the no overworld problem. and look for more magic and stuff." But then I realized, "Oh, go well, I'm not going to be playing any more triple triad because I'm right at the end of the game." So then I went through and used that junction ability to turn my cards into items, and I flipped every super rare high end card I had into items. And I was yeah. like, dude, you get some fucking boss stuff out of those high-end cards near the end of the game. Oh, you do. So, But what I love about it is that, like Blitzball, it's almost entirely optional. If you don't want it, it's just that if you leave these cards on the table, I think you're missing out on items that can be turned into more powerful weapons and stuff like oh, that. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. But, uh, yeah, I... I I mean, there's a lot to say about this game. We never got into the limits and all that stuff, but I don't really have a lot. I mean, they're limits. They are what they are. Limit breaks and things like limit that. Limit breaks, limit breaks, yeah. I um, We've been going for an hour and a half. I, I don't have a... Uh, I mean, the story sucks. The mechanics are cool, <laughs> but they're buried under... all th- Everything in this game, every aspect of this game, in my opinion, less is more. It would have been great, but they piled too much on top, and the good stuff gets kind of buried under the bad. Oh, for sure. For that's sure. that's like I don't have any. I I have. I, yeah, like I'm done. <laughs> I need to smoke, <laughs> uh, and I don't smoke, and I need to smoke. Um, I don't know. Have you got before we score this thing? Like, is there anything we missed? Is it, have you got any other closing thoughts? Anything that we didn't? No, think I, of? I don't. It, it's just this is a game I played so much as a kid, but I didn't realize I didn't like so much about it until I got older. Like when I was younger. I, I loved everything about this game. Right. It was Final Fantasy. Right. But as I got older, certain things started to annoy me, and the story kind of started to wear at me. But it, it's 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 a good game. I, I enjoy this game overall. It's not a great game, but it's a good game. Yeah, it 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 is a good game. I would I would fuck me would I love to see this game get remade. And I don't need it necessarily like Final Fantasy VII. Uh, remake as far as the combat and everything goes because I actually don't hate the combat in this game. I just mean remake it, make the story not shitty, speed it up a bit, make for the love yeah. of God, make transferring magic easier. Like if they just put in some more <laughs> quality of life things, uh, oh, I would God, love it. This game would improve so much because I got to tell you, dude, this game is as divisive as any game we've ever talked about. Like I said off the top, two out of three people hate it. And the third person defends it to the death. 
And if you guys <laughs> ask me, like, if I have to pick a side right now, uh, I'm going with the third that defends this game because I don't hate this game. I hate a oh, lot of what it does. It, it, I, there's I a lot it's... of annoying things about it, yes. But overall, it's a really enjoyable game. It is. Yeah, I it, it is. I, I don't. It's certainly not my least favorite Final Fantasy. I'll fucking tell you all that right now. It's not my least favorite. It's not my favorite. But it's not my yeah. least favorite. Uh, Andre, there's 15 core Final Fantasy games. So on a scale of 1 to 15, what would you score Final Fantasy? Ooh. I'm going to go with an 11. All right. Um, yeah. All right. I So I would give the remastered version probably a 12. Maybe a 12 and a half, because I really did enjoy more of my time than I didn't enjoy with it. Had I played the original... It, dude, I don't even know what else is different. I know that like in the remastered version, you can do stuff like turning off battles and things. I don't even care about that. If I had yeah. to play this game without triple speed, I would give it like a 6 out of 15. I, I, would, <laughs> I would hate it. But because I, I played the... And I... I I will scream it from the top of mountains, you guys. If you are going to try Final Fantasy VIII, play the remastered version. It's on everything. It's on Switch. It's on PlayStation. It's on Xbox. It's on Game Pass. It's on everything. Play the remastered version and make use of that fucking triple speed thing for the love of God. Jesus. And on, I know on Switch, they go on sale a lot. So you can pick it up for pretty cheap usually. Yeah. Um, if you, dude, if you played this game when it came out on the PlayStation and you wrote it off because you thought it was stupid or you hated the, 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 the drawing system or it was too slow or whatever, I, I would, I would say, give it another try. Give this system mm-hmm. a chance. Um, it's complicated. It took me a long time to figure it out early in the game. I was just relying on calling summons. And then I actually read somebody said like, dude, if you just rely on calling summons, by the end of the game, you are completely fucked. And honestly, by the end of the game, I was hardly even using most of my summons. I oh, was just I, using I, by my attacks. By the end attacks. of the game, you're barely using magic or summons. Yeah, I was using my attacks and my limit breaks. So Yeah, because you were junctioned so so well yeah. that you don't need any of that. I, I would just say give it another try. And if you've never played it, I, I would recommend it, but I... Do some homework. I wouldn't say read all of the guides about how to cheat the game unless that's how you want to play because that's not how I want to play. And I did no. figure it out. But just do take some time. It is it's 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 almost unnecessarily complex. But once you get it, I really think there's a cool system in here. Oh, very much so. Ah, uh, yeah, very much so, dude. We totally shattered the the length record for an episode of the show. Um, <laughs> Probably, but thank you very much for doing this, Andre, and thanks for fighting the good fight and going against the masses and defending Final Fantasy VIII. And the next time you're in the trenches, I'll I'll be there with you, more than likely just playing triple triad, but I will be <laughs> in the trenches with you defending this game. I'll defend Final Fantasy VIII forever. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Andre, thank you for spending so much time on the phone with me talking Final Fantasy VIII. And to every single one of you that listened, whether you like Final Fantasy VIII, you hate Final Fantasy VIII, you've never played it, 
Thank you so much for supporting me and supporting the show. If you've not played Final Fantasy VIII, give it a chance. If you have played it and you don't like it, then I under I I get why. But I guess I have to dig my heels in. And if I'm going on one side of the fence, I'm going on the side the the minority side. I'm supporting Final Fantasy VIII. I do not hate this game. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast and what I do, please consider supporting us on Patreon. It's only $2. It helps me out so much, and you get a ton of extra podcasts, access to a whole extra podcasts, a shout-out on the show, I'll read your comments, a whole bunch of other stuff. I'd really, really, really appreciate it. Patreon.com slash RememberTheGame. Uh, and come see me on Twitch. I'm over there Tuesday and Thursday night from 8 to about 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and I'm on there Sunday afternoon from about 1 to 3.30 or 4 Mountain Standard Time, and you're just looking for member the game on Twitch, not remember member the game over on Twitch. And I sure would like to argue with you. You can come by the chat, tell me I suck, whatever you want. We'll argue with each other. It'll be fun. And that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys, and I will talk to you again next Wednesday with episode 138, or I'll talk to you on Friday or Monday, depending on whether or not you're a Patreon, on episode 27 of Game Patch, or maybe I'll talk to you on Sunday with episode 48 of Expansion Pass. But I don't know what it's about yet. We'll find out what the poll ends up deciding for us. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I simply could not produce all the content I am without all of your support, so I'd like to take a quick moment to thank everyone that has supported us for at least $2 at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So a huge thank you to A Novel Console, Aaron Lawson, Adam Anderson, Adam Beasley, Adam O'Sharello, AJ Freeman, AJ Jones, Alan C., Alex Martinez, Amarok, Amy Gillen, Andre, Andrew Wright, April Zane, Arpad Bodhos, Ashley Cronenbitter, Badar Barhumi, Ben Bulia, Ben Busha, Ben Drinken, Bugnish, Bradley McHugh, Brandon O'Brien, Brandon Hine, Brian McKay, Brian Robbins, Brian Medeiros, Brian Ransom, Charlie Medeiros, Chris Campbell, Chris Fleury, Chris Wilson, Christopher Russell, Chris, Christopher Sumner, Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Rutt, Crash Bandicoot, Chris Knife 007, Dan T, Dana Wucherall, Danny Vega, Dario Oman, Darren, Dave, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, David Ray, David Schnatterer, Defunct, Derek Jane, Derpimus Prime, Desert Tortoise, Devin Gordon, Divalk, DNA Gaming, Do How, Dominic S. Thompson, Doug Dorn, Dylan, Mfelf, Eric Canard, Evan Refuse, Freddie Martinez, Fraser Burns, Freddie Bovenkirk, G9PSX, Gary C, Geek Life Radio, Grimpy, Andre SJA Flash, James Anderson, James Clark, Jared, Jason Cortez, JB Retromania, Jay Clutch, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jeffrey Mathis, Jer Bear, Jesse Clark, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, John Doskis, John Quack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Casey Rarick, Keegs, Kelly, Kevin, Kevin Chincholo, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Leon Nabskog, Les Wine and Luca, Louis, Luis Oliva, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mad Shibs, Make Mallow Shift Money, Mark Jones, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Martin Greenwood, Matt Brown, Matt McLean, Matthew Davis, Mercury869, Michael Mathis, Nick, Mick Morse, Michael Hegg, Mike Cummings, Mike Malawaney, Miklos Blackshop, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Morgan, MPG in Buffalo, Mr. Satan, Mr. Impressive, Mr. Nick, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Wolverine Films, Nathan Trombley, Nathan W, Nevrop, Nick Sills, Nicholas Martinez, 
Ninja Lunchbox 79, No One Cares, Pat Duddy, Parzival, PB McFadden, Peebs, Pie Messiah, Poops Loomis, Potato Bob Guy, Raging Demon, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Rex Sheldon, Robert Fuchsia, Robert Lippa, Rodrigo Tomazzi, Ron Pierce, Ryan Bayshore, Ryan Kinchin, Ryan Yeager, Sam Wright, Scott Brooks, Scott V, Sean Clifford, Sean Razine, Sharonic, Silver Grunion, Slick Rick, Starl Probin, Stitch, Stupid Monkey, Super Mary Ho, That One Kid Nick, The Anti-Spatial Podcast, The Giraffe, The Honest Pokemon Trainer, The T-Word, They Call Me Badger, Tim L, Timothy Riel, Todd, Tom Kite, Tommy Reynolds, Tony Cherichetti, Tom K, pardon me, Troy K, this is so hard, Tyler, Very Cool Dude, Vincent L, Vladstein, White Burrow, Wyman Brooks, X Water, Yamcha, Zane Donovan, and Zoo Troy. I hope you all enjoyed that. If I screwed up your names, consider yourself special. Thanks for the support. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers.